Thursday stand episode 221 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the prof Carly 20 leagues 25 cups change the song change all user passwords update user Chris with the appropriate number of stars get the two stars above the Tifties logo we are the championes prof again. and again yeah absolutely fantastic stuff three in a row how many times has it, has someone won it three in a row prof Three different teams have only won a three in a row. We had this little stat in the group the other day. Yeah, what was it? Us, ourselves, Dundalk, Cork in the 40s. Yep. So we've two star activities sponsored by the five-star Leinster Credit and the five-star Ocean Electrical who are sponsoring the Tifties Award Show. So a big, big thank you to everybody involved and everyone who's buying tickets. Keep snapping them up. Now that we have a special guest added to the show, Prof, it's the League Trophy. Uh, Mr. League Trophy himself. Mr. League Trophy himself. Did a little stint, did a bit of porridge. He's coming back out. And we have the League Trophy there. We've Garrett's. We've Carl Murphy. We have a little lineup that we're going to announce soon. But it's going to be a great night, Prof. Yep, tifties.com. Not even a .ie, Garrett. Literally, that, we, we've Americanized. Tifties.com. That is where you get your where you get your tickets. <laughs> tifties.com. T-F-T-E-S.com. Social event of the year. And Prof is going to streak across the stage in the nip. Uh, you pronounce Aussie Nate's name around there <laughs> and Tommy Caddy's so we're going to move on we're going to review the Pats game and the days that followed saw Rovers complete the three in a row and it's Conor Gartz part three it's like the one of the best trilogies of all time Best. what's the best trilogies prof they're up there with Lord of the Rings they're up there <laughs> with uh, Back to the Future that had three didn't it it did what else what else a good trilogy Oh god, uh, we're on the spot now. Godfather, although a lot of people shit on the third one. The third one, one is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> third one is terrible. Uh the Bourne films. The Bourne films, that's a great trilogy. And all they I think they shot all over that again. I think they massacred that with a couple of spin offs. Well just stop watching it after the third one. Yeah, so that's the epic trilogy that is Colin Garth's. Um last week's show with the photographers right, I'm gonna say this on air. Do you keep saying the word togs? Mm-hmm. Is that it's like like, is it like a, a different type of word for a photographer? Apparently, yes, yeah, shorthand for a photographer. I notice a lot in the media group on WhatsApp, they use the word togs, and I don't see it anywhere else. And I'm guessing you didn't put it in there, you just rolled with it. You're like, what, what, what's a tog? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, so that's the the togs edition. We've Jonathan Grogan, excellent listen, yes again, at East Ham Pod. Great to hear from the club. Photographers, some iconic photos in their selections. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, Phelan, brilliant insight from photographers, lads. So many memorable moments captured for us. I love Georgie Kelly and his get out of the bleeding way as Alan Kelly almost obscured Gary Twigg's iconic goal. Thanks to all the lads. Um, brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Richie Cavanagh, make me want a camera for Christmas. I wouldn't know where to start, man. I barely used the one on my phone. So I think best left to the <laughs> professionals here. Best left to these guys. Graham, fair play to all involved in this week's tifties. Talented group of togs at the club. There's the Great listen. Again. There's the togs. And Bill Gleason cleared something <coughs> up for us. He said Ricky McAvoy equals Jack Bourne with better hair. So that yeah. that goes a long way. That's saying a lot, isn't it? I was I was suggesting it was a bit more like Paddy McCart, but no, more like Jack Bourne apparently. Mm. Um, yeah, I got some good reaction in person as well to that hotline. Because um, you know, but the suite was open beforehand. First time in a long time we had the bar open. Before a match, so yeah, a lot of people are coming to me saying they love the photography hotline, and they also appreciate the pictures going out the day before, which I was quite happy with. I think I have to say this is possibly the best written Tiffany's hotline. 
possibly the best one you've ever done as regards to the the depth that you went into to provoke responses from these guys. It, it, it was brilliant. You could tell it was all so heartfelt from all of them. I think this is probably a, the best and well-written one out a lot. Now, you could say that about a lot of them, but it's probably the, the, the one that got the best responses. Do you know what I mean? Well, thank you, sir. I did, I did, I did put some thought into the questions, all right? And uh, they gave some brilliant answers. Um, like I said, the videos, I was quite happy that people watched them. Although I looked at the figures... 659 people watched the first video and you literally just had to move your finger down the part two and 147 watched the second one. What does that Who say? Who are you people? What, what does that say about the first one? Those <laughs> numbers are maddening. That, that is the stuff of nightmares for me now. If you were one of those people, if you sat through the two minutes of the first one and said, I won't watch the second one, I hate you. Oh, well, there you go. Prof is looking for smoke on air. <laughs> Uh, we got another comment from Jim Conroy. Uh, not related to the podcast, but an interesting stat. Uh, Liz Truss lasted one day longer as PM than Brian Clough at Leeds manager. Oh, as Leeds manager. Some achievement. Jim with the stats. Uh, Thunder and Lightning Prof last Wednesday night. Seems like a lifetime ago now, but mental carry on. That was crazy. I was looking at my CCTV, so we were, I think, I don't know what we were doing, we are getting dressed, I think we were going to the gym, right, so I think we were going something like that, and you just, you know, you kind of, you see the flash of life for us, and then you hear the, hear the thunder, and the whole front of the house, the security cameras, everything lit, lit up, and all mm. you can hear around the house is, whoa, <laughs> yeah. and me and Larry just looked at you and was like, what is that, nuts. With Jaden decide, Jaden's like, I'm gonna put my hand out the window. He's like, shut up, you idiot. Stay away from the window. It'd be just your luck to get hit by lightning. Yeah, I've been done this gym uh, out the back of a big field. So I was like, right, I'm gonna pull back my curtains. I'm gonna get a, a good look at this. And then the flash comes, and like, my whole house and garden and the gym and the whole sky. Nuts, it was wasn't it? Mad. And now, prof, in a year's time, you're gonna open up those curtains and you're gonna see a big corporate monster block of flats. They're actually, they've started work already. Cheeky bastards. I don't believe you. How serious? Even though a judicial review will be filed in, a tr- in three weeks' time, which and will, actually which will stop all the work instantly. But by law, they actually can start work until then. Telling you, this is the murky underworld mm. of um, house building that mm. me and Prof spoke about before. Something is going on here. There is government officials. There's Ryan Turbody, I'm going to say him. He's probably involved. He's involved everything. <laughs> Random, Some right? of them, yeah, he's he's definitely got skeletons in his closet. I'm telling you, T- Mother Teresa, maybe her. She's got some sort of ingl- her her. What do they call them when you you have people underlings? Mother Teresa's underlings have a, have a few quid involved in this. There's something mm. dodgy going on financially with the people who are investing in that because they're calling it six W. They're saying the unit price is going to be over four hundred thousand. There is one hundred percent dodginess. There's going something on dodgy there. going on with onboard Planada. Look how fast they're approving this and. There was there was a record number of objections for this particular one in that field, and then out of nowhere the decision was delayed first of all for a month, and then out of nowhere we all got a letter in in the door saying it's been approved, not one mention of any objections. Mental, it really is. Probs will be delighted. They'll be getting more punters in the door. Um, speaking of bad weather, Gar, uh, you probably noticed that there was a bad storm in uh, the UK, and. I was on Zoom with Noel Hunt. Um, I'm not sure when we'll air this. Maybe after the end of the season or yeah. something. But um, 
he's there doing in his house. He's he's working with he's back with Reading again in uh, I think his under twenty three coaching role. So he's there in the house. His missus and his uh, young kid. So they're making a bit of noise. So he says, "All right, I'm going to move into another room." Moves into another room, and I can I can see his back garden behind him. And we're just finishing up the interview, and I've just asked asked my last question, and he goes. And he lifts up the computer and says, look at this, do you see this? My me, me furniture's after blowing away. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts the computer up to the window and his chairs and tables are literally like flying around like, the place. like the Wizard of Oz. It's, <laughs> it's a whirlwind just got up in the air. Like Real approachable guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that will be coming out soon. Enough. Something to look forward to in the in the off-season, but we've plenty of plans. Um, Prof, the Rodfather audiobook is on the way. Is he gonna do? He's gonna do this. He told us he was. Go- he spent eight hours a, a week, wasn't it? Eight hour blocks recording this, or was someone else gonna? He's obviously no, gonna do it was, the voice, um, isn't he? Who did the book in? Roddy Doyle was it? No, what you're the other fellow, Paul Howard. Oh, Paul Howard. Yeah, sorry, Roddy did Roy Keane's book. Um, yeah, what he meant was like he was ghostwritten by Paul Howard. Who's doing? Who's so, in the voice? So Roddy him? was in a room with Paul while they worked on. It. I think that's what he meant. Mm. I don't think he meant he was recording audio. Yeah, so he's not going to be. So you're not listening to Roddy for eight hours or whatever it is. Well, he should. Possibly, possibly I, get away with it. That's the only reason I would buy an audio book if I get to hear him say all this madness. Yes, yeah, I think there's delivery mm. and things like that. But um, yeah. a couple of mentions of Rovers, anyway. Uh, well, we all know his how notorious he is for <laughs> his flourishes and his embellishing, maybe embellishing the truths. Uh, that chicken in the oven story, Gar. That is the most capital NH of all time. Biggest never happened of the year award. I'm going to actually give him an award at the Tifties Player Year Awards. <laughs> a big never happen of the year award. Garen, not a chance did no, that happen. Not a chance. Sure a player didn't. was distracted on the pitch because he thought he had left a full chicken in his oven and they sent the assistant manager over to the house to check if he had left his oven on. And it turns out there wasn't even anything in the oven. Yeah, no chicken there. No, 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 no truth there. No story. Did there. a dinosaur walk in as well? Yeah, yeah, or fucking yeah. No, all lies. Um, Connor Guards prof. They're coming up. The dynamic duo, Batman and Robin. That's the thing, though. We call them Batman and Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's Batman? Who's Robin? I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Who's gonna decide? That's why I don't actually agree with your description. I don't think it's. Appropriate. Yeah, it's not fair, is it? It's no. not fair. Well, after this interview and the shit that I take off them. <laughs> Fucking Laurel and Hardy is what they are. Uh, so yeah, that is. Got uh, some abuse, all right. Yeah, so Connor Gartz, part trois. So it's time now for the long awaited Connor Gartz part three. It's the trilogy. Uh, we have commentary duo Con Murphy and Graham Garton back on the show. So welcome back, guys. How are you, Prof? You're not sick of us? Uh, not quite yet. I've not had you on since the start of the season. So uh, no, I'm looking forward to this. So welcome back. Thanks. Cheers, Prof. And uh, what a night to be having this interview because uh, it's nearly 10 o'clock here on a Monday night. Derry have failed to win in Sligo. So Rovers have just been crowned champions literally minutes ago. We have our two stars. Uh, Con, your 50-year-old lucky scarf that you brought with you on Friday <laughs> has done the trick. Uh, you saw the four in a row in the 80s. Where does this achievement rank for you, the three in a row? Well, we're... Getting towards a four in a row, um, if truth be told. Um, I mean, that four in a row team in the 80s was 
I mean, it was an epic team. The football that they played, the quality of the, um, you know, the, just the, the the style of football they played was brilliant. And then obviously they had great success. And you know, all through the years and the the barren years and the the post Milton years, there was this terrible hankering back for the glory days of the four in a row. And we're living through those glory days again because I mean, this team has won three in a row. And actually, I was saying to you the other night at the match, um, you know, it, it's it's actually already time to start thinking about potentially matching that four in a row of the 80s, which I, I never thought I'd see that again, I have to say. Um, but I think the potential is there. Obviously, it's going to be a, a a big challenge next season with, you know, probably even a stronger Derry team if they add to their squad and, and maybe um, Dundalk, Pats, you never know. So it's not going to be easy. But the fact that we're even talking about it as a possibility Happy days. Yeah, Gertz, um, Brazzer said he wasn't going to watch the game tonight. He was too busy preparing for uh, Ghent on Thursday. Uh, saw Sean Hoare saying that a few of the players would switch it on. Uh, imagine they're all buzzing now, texting, calling each other. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, like To win it, probably sitting on your couch is a strange sort of feeling. I'd say it's not something I've ever experienced. So. Uh, I'd, I'd imagine their groups are probably firing as well, saying "Well done." It's been a been a long season, especially probably the last three months. I'd say it was probably uh, not just physically tough, but I'd say mentally tough. And you hear Stephen talking about it all the time, you know, the travel um, and with the climate of traveling and how they're trying to get in and out of these places. I think it's just maybe uh, maybe tired them mentally, but you know what? Like they showed so much resolve and resilience in the last. A uh, few months, like even the one nil against UCD, that wasn't probably wasn't our best performance. But they get through the game, and then uh, they go on like the comeback against Shells was epic. Uh, you never felt that the game was in the balance against Pats. You felt that even when they went one nil down, they were always going to get back into it. There was an air of inevitability about that one. The the Shells one was a bit more tense because Shells were probably defending better. And then Gaffney pops up with an unbelievable goal. And, and um, uh, yeah, he's just shown great resilience and resolve. And, and sometimes winning leagues is about that. It's about that. Digging di- digging deep and getting through games. And no one re- no one's going to remember the fact that uh, they, they went great against UCD at home. Like, they just go, mm-hmm. you'll pick out the best bits. You'll pick out the Gaffney goal. you pick out the Danny Mandroyu diving headers. you pick out... Uh, Gary O'Neill's finish you pick out some of Jack Bourne's goals at the start against Strata so that's what people remember about it and again you don't get the four in a row without winning three in a row so you have to go through that to get to where you want to be in terms of emulating that great side in the 80s and the other thing about it is I think that if you look back to the start of the season you remember that um, late late goal that Derry got to win in the Brandywell and that was only two or three weeks into the season and then a couple of weeks later Rovers lost away to I think it was Dundalk and there were one or two people sort of raising their eyebrows a bit and asking a few questions about whether the squad would be there to to do it again. But they've answered that big time, you know. Um, and I mean, in the end, they've kind of won in a canter. Um, the fact that, you know, we're looking forward to a game at the weekend against Derry now where, you know, ev- everything is in the bag. And and the only question now is whether Derry will actually give the guard of honour to the lowest <laughs> team as they come out. Um, You're reading my script again, Con. That was my <laughs> uh, it's going to be an interesting one to see if they do it. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't give a shite one way or the other. Um, I, they think they I, I think they will. I think they will, Con. 
do do you? Yeah, does, does it matter do, to yeah. you as a player, Graham? I mean, for uh, lowest yeah, players, out, yeah, it's it should. Like it should. Like you've won the league, and like whatever. If you win the league on the last day of the season, and then the following year your first game, you get your guard of honor. Like, yeah, you, that's what you've earned as as the team. But, it's just a sign of respect in the league. Um, Rovers didn't do it a few years ago for was it for Dundalk or for Corker? I can't remember who it was. I, I remember was actually we. I'm not sure if we done it down in 2012. We played Sligo in the last game of the season. It was Gary Twig's last game as well. I'm not sure if we done it. I remember at the time thinking we should do this, like you know. Like because we we like Rovers had won the league in 2010, 2011, and I just thought we're a bigger club, act like it, and uh, and and always have that uh, sort of presence about you as a football club to be well. We we claim to be the biggest club in the country. We have the biggest fan base in the country, so let's act accordingly. And uh, and I, and that that was something I would have said. Like I think we should do it. Uh, because I think if it was the other way around, I think it should be done um, back. Uh, I think Derry will do. I think Derry, Rory Higgins has that about him where he can say, I oh, know they were in a tight battle, but it wasn't the nasty battle. There was, there was a lot of mutual respect between the two teams and the two managers. Mm. So I feel it's something that should happen. Um, and I'd be disappointed if they didn't. What do you reckon, Prof? Um, I think they will do it, yeah. But that's, that's just a guess. I don't really know. Maybe Graham is more inside, but... Um, so uh, obviously a party atmosphere in the stands Thursday and then again Sunday uh, when we uh, lift the trophy. And Graham as well, do you think this finally frees up Brazzer in his team selection now Thursday? This is the first time he doesn't have to worry about a game in the league on the Sunday. Yeah, could do actually. I, I know he touched on it at the end of the interview at the, at the on Sunday when he said uh, the home games he tends to go for because he mentioned the travel thing again. So... Maybe he does put out what he feels is his strongest team on the night. I know, I know, he's probably disappointed that he hasn't picked up any points in the in the Europa Conference. He be, he said he's obviously disappointed they haven't scored as well, and probably given a good account or a reflection of what they are, which is they actually are a good attacking team, a possession based attacking team. So I think he'd be disappointed with that. So hopefully he goes out, but. Um, I think she. I think he thinks he can get at Ghent a little bit as well from the comments he's made. So, yeah, I'd imagine he put out as strong a team as he can just to make sure that um, a they score and b they have a good go off the game um, that's in front of them. And I think the other thing is that you know there's money involved here. You know, if they can get another draw, it's another hundred and sixty-six grand, and if they win, it's I don't know what is it, three hundred or five hundred uh, k for a win so I mean there's a financial imperative there now and I think the board would be pretty pleased if he put out his strongest team on Thursday night and I think the fans kind of deserve it as well you know they're going to come in big numbers to Tala on Thursday night again for another big European night and it would be great for, I, I think it's important to remember that Ghent are a really good team and this is not going to be an easy game by any manner of means but it would be great to think that uh, Rovers can now give it a real lash on Thursday and and, you know, even if they get a draw, you know, they're going to earn as much money for that as they would for winning the league uh, here for an entire season. So there is, a, as I say, a kind of a financial imperative to, to give it a go. So with uh, LOI TV wrapped up for the season, Con, you've been up with us regular fans in the stands uh, the last couple of games. So what's this title race been like for you the last few weeks as you've been off duty, which is kind of capped off with that impressive performance over Pat's? 
Yeah, I couldn't believe you described my potty mouth to uh, Gary. Um, <laughs> I was actually, uh, we, we, you were sitting beside me the other night and, and uh, Conan Byrne's dad was the, on the other side of you. So I was on my best behavior. I don't think I swore at the referee once in the entire game. Um, but if I'm not working at a match, I do. I love to, you know, sort of let my feelings be known, particularly about the match officials. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the, the only bonus of not doing the game. I mean, I love doing the, the commentaries with Garts. Um, but, you know, at least the, the, the good side of it is if we're not doing it, that we can just go and have the crack and enjoy the match. And, and uh, you know, we've had a couple of good ones now between the late winner in the Shelburne game and, and then four goals against Pats. It's, it's great, you know. And the other thing, and again, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you the other night, but um, I was talking to Siobhan and Paul Weaver, who were involved with the junior hoops, and they were doing the march around the pitch at halftime the other night, and there was like 150 of them or something. And Paul was saying that they're targeting 300 members now for junior hoops next season. Um, and when you consider that, you know, when the junior hoops come to a game, mom or dad or uncle or aunt or brother and sister are going to come to the games. Um, and it's just a, for me, it's a joy to see so many kids going to the games in Tallinn now, wearing the Rovers colours. And it it just I know I've spoken to you before about me as a kid going to Rovers games and almost being a bit embarrassed going to school to say that Shamrock Rovers were my team when everybody else followed Liverpool and Manchester United and whoever it might have been at the time. These kids can proudly wear the Shamrock Rovers colours around Talla, around Dunleary, around wherever they live. Uh, and they do that. And, and just to see so many coming to the games, uh, I, I I almost get emotional looking at it because it kind of reminds me of my childhood of going to the games. And and it's just, I, I think the future is so bright for the club. I think it's really going in the right direction. And I'd like to almost think that that's beyond Rovers, that also, if you look at the crowds that Derry City are getting, and they're going to only get bigger crowds again if they're competitive next season, um, so many of the games, Cork, you know, coming up now, and they're getting massive crowds throughout this year in the first division. They were getting brilliant crowds. Um, Mark Lynch put out a, a tweet the other day that Rovers were averaging six and a half thousand on a fr- for the Friday night games. I mean, it's 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 absolutely brilliant. I'm I'm the glass is half full for me at the moment for sure. And Gareth, you've been uh, popping up everywhere. Virgin Media coverage for our uh, group stage games. And you were an RT analyst last Friday against Pats. Uh, so you've been up in the country and you've been in the studio a lot. Um, you possibly be involved again Sunday, which will hopefully be uh, another another special day for Roberts. Yeah, I haven't uh, <laughs> haven't heard anything about Sunday now. Um, I'll do the. I yeah, I got asked to do all the European games for Virgin Media, which was great honour. Um, you know, especially the the home games have been have been great going to the stadium and being involved. Um. Yeah, it's been great. Actually, it's just to be honest, great to be asked. You know, I, I haven't. I spoke to Con about this quite openly. Like I've, I've just gone about me work, and people have asked me to do it rather than me going the other way, which is which is great. Um. So yeah, that's been pleasing and that side of it. And yeah, it's weird watching it in the in the in the box compared to the gantry. It's a little bit different, but you get to you get to turn and watch the replays, and you're constantly swiveling and. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange, and you're yeah yeah you're a little bit more um, reserved would be the word I'd use. Uh, even in the COCOM, like I was telling, sometimes we get a little bit 
So, uh, but it's been great. It's, everything is learning, and and the difference between the the COCOM where I can probably explain things a little bit more in detail, and 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 with the pictures on the screen and my voice behind of look Rovers like to play in, like so. Graham Borks called the other day. You know, he he starts in an inside left position, but then when Lyons comes and the fullback engages, he then runs in behind the fullback, hoping to drag a centre back out, uh, and that leads to the penalty. Now, if he doesn't play Bork in, for example, what what Rovers are looking for is that Lyons can then play into Gaffney's feet and follow it because he comes in off his right foot. Now, I have a chance to explain that. Off the in the co-coms, but you you have a small, you've probably about thirty seconds to explain that in the studio. So you have to be a little bit snappier, a little bit quicker, mm. um, and get to your point a lot earlier. So it, it's just learning different ways. But again, like you, I've just been lucky with the people that I've been around to help me with that stuff. And now, right, I need to be snappier here. I need to be quicker there. Right, explain it because, in fairness, the con I used to point a lot of stuff on the pitch and Khan used to go say it and mm-hmm. I go really and he go yes say it like so the stuff like that that even just the confidence to say what you see that that comes from working with people who encourage you to do it so Khan was great like that especially the first couple of months where I'd be trying to explain something he'd go there's loads of time here that's a throw in the ball's gone to get it explain what's happening and I that's when mm-hmm. so you get confidence from that like but yeah it's been a yeah, it's just been a mad year. Like it's been really, yeah. So a lot of stuff coming, but yeah, I don't see me kids that much anymore now. <laughs> that, I, I'm the guy I have to tell you to them now. So, uh, but uh, no, it's uh, yeah. And then you're coaching as well. We've like the 14s. Like I just came in from training them, um, and they've got a they've we've got a couple of quarterfinals coming up and a final coming up as well. So. It's been busy with that, and Pat Flynn's been a great help with that with that team. Me, myself, Flynnie, Paul Fox, Steve McGuire, uh, Dipper comes in and helps. So we've 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 got a lot of people around it that can help. But yeah, it's just juggling the schedule. But it's all been learning. That's the way I see it. Even when things probably don't go as well as you'd like, it's all learning. So uh, long may it continue. He's actually uh, richer than Rishi Sunak uh, now with all this work he's doing <laughs> for Virgin and everybody else. RTE. Um, but I know it's been it's been real it's been great. The, the, funnily enough, the only game I didn't enjoy doing with you this season, Graham, was the last game we did. We at the time we didn't know it was going to be our last game, the UCD match. Yeah, the party hadn't quite booked in their dates for the the upcoming. Yeah, season. so we didn't know it was our last game. But I, I, there was something about the game that night. I, the atmosphere was a bit flat. Um, it wasn't a great game. It was first time we'd be. Got, kind of got cold up in the gantry for ages because it was such a nice balmy summer and just in general it was the only as I say it was the only game yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy doing. loads of stuff was going wrong as well and there was just yeah it was just a tough yeah. one wasn't it like yeah. it was and that's right we had one or two technical issues yeah. and stuff like that so you get I suppose it's like anything in life you know everybody has a, a bad day from time to time but um, yeah but in general it's been been, I have to say, I really, really enjoyed working on the the LOI TV. Um, they don't have the resources, prof, that um, you know an RTE or a Virgin would have. If you go to a game that RTE are covering or Virgin at at Tala, you'll see like these massive, big 
uh, outside broadcast trucks parked outside the, in the car park behind the south stand and stuff. Um, whereas, I mean, with the LOI TV, it's a very basic setup, you know, two little cameras. And we were working off a, a laptop as a monitor for, you know, for ages until Graham managed to procure a big proper screen for us and we were able to see what we were talking about so it's it, like it is it it's kind of seat of the pants stuff and it's a bit um rough and ready but like it's a godsend as well at the same time you know for the away matches that you can't go to or if you're away you can watch the the um the matches at home on on loi tv so i i take it yeah so on that note um i'll ask you what was your funniest moment of the season on commentary open the gantry involving the other person i suppose uh <laughs> don't say it Grant. don't say it. which which one we already, was it we, we mentioned it on that bloody youtube video um, i had one when well, the one I, I know the one i had like the one that i made it absolute like i called that alfie lewis didn't i oh alfie moon i called yeah. him alfie moon <laughs> and and like i was like and then i was going alfie moon and I'm like, <laughs> and I went to see on, and then I just started like going, he's on Coordinate Street or something. And then it was like, no, it's EastEnders. And then I'm like, how did I call? And I just, I just, I remember just getting the giggles and just yeah. like, laughing, like uncontrollably laughing at like, like just trying to think of it. Is that sh-? And then I'm in my head, I'm going, I'm sure that's Shane Ritchie that played that character. And my head's just gone down for about five minutes thinking of, and I'm like, I don't even watch these standards. How did I, how did even that come into my head? And then there's lads on Twitter sending me like pictures of them and these shorts and all that. And I was like, ah, so there was stuff like that. And there was other stuff that just like a few things that went wrong. And you just, like, <laughs> there's a couple of moments. I know I, I always like Conan. I always give Conan stick. Like when Conan say something and I go, didn't say that to Conan. And that always that always crack that always gets uh that always gets con now. Con always gets a giggle out of that one, like you know. Couldn't talk yeah. to Conan like that, and then he just starts <laughs> giggling and that that tends to always make him laugh, like you know. So uh I'd say he was proud as punch when he seen me sitting beside Conan the other day in the RT studio. It was like my, my two for. babies, my two babies <laughs> have finally grown up. Yeah. And then my, my other work wife, Tony O'Donoghue, was on the sidelines as well. So you were yeah. all there, yeah, except for me. Um yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that was good. Um, and that's the thing about LOI TV. I think we can be a bit looser on that than if we were kind of doing a more formal commentary on RTE or Virgin or whatever. Um, I think there is a bit more room for a bit of crack. Or, you know, early on in the season, we were doing a few shout outs to people who were tuned in. I think we kind of wanted to get the message across that people were watching this not just here but like literally yeah. all over the globe people at six o'clock in the morning in australia and new zealand and south america i mean carl you've been speaking to fans all over the world and and again loi tv is a, a window the bit, into the, the season the scoopy one was the big one for that that's the that was the one that yeah. i taught the scoopy game the good feeling around the whole day and even the result and uh, because i know people are nervous at the away leg and I think because everybody thought they weren't going to get the game and then we got the game and then we're putting up me like I'm putting up the Batman and Robin Del Boy and Rodney running through the smoke like as if right here we, like we got the call we're on it like I was even like I was giggling 
And then we ran in and meet myself, Con, and there was a lad, I think, was it Paul was doing that yeah. one with us? And we were in the office in uh, Roadstone. And we were like, right, but, but the images weren't great. It was real far away. It was tough. But we'd done loads of shout-outs that day, and it was a real sense of togetherness about the game because we felt, well, there wasn't many fans going to travel to it. So we're all going to be watching this. Yeah. So people are like, um, so I put my phone on silent doing the commentary sometimes, but then my phone started hopping with people inboxing me and you're calling them out. And, and my friend, like my friend whose sons are always was in America at the time, Patrick Hyland, like his two boys, Callum and Hudson. And they're, they said my name, daddy, and he's videoing it and sending it to me. And it's great. Like, but there's a real sense of, um, Maybe because there was so much anticipation around the game, a bit of fear around the game, and then, oh, we're not going to get to see it, to then we are going to get to see it, and then all the shout-outs. It just was a, a real togetherness about that evening, and the, the messages from that just took on another level after it. I felt really, even going home, you felt a sense of warmth about the, yeah. the, the broadcast. It was, it was really good. It was really, really enjoyable. And the other thing about that one was, I mean, as you were saying there, we only got the call maybe two or three hours before kickoff that we were actually, you know, that they had the rights and we were able to do it. But when we were doing that game and, and, and literally we were broadcasting from Stephen Bradley's office in, in Roadstone. Um, so the, the match was on a monitor, which was kind of quite out of focus. And, yeah. and as Graham said, they shot it very wide as well. So it wasn't, it was, it was hard to identify, um, players, you know, you, you it was just I was even wearing my glasses and even with the glasses I could hardly see and the other thing is we had no um, sound from no natural effects from the stadium in our headphones at all so we were doing that commentary in total silence which is a very it's a, it's yeah. actually I mean you did brilliantly Graham because it's a very very difficult thing to do a commentary where um, you're not hearing the referee's whistle you're not hearing any crowd noise from the stadium at all you're not hearing the players shouting you're not hearing anything it's just pure silence um so people at home were actually hearing the effects i don't know how that worked but we weren't um so it was a difficult one to do because we couldn't see anything and we couldn't hear anything but we got through it and obviously the the result was good in the end and and you know all's well that ends well but again that was a it was a tough one but a very enjoyable one yeah yeah, I remember watching that in uh, the Irish Town House, and uh, I remember being delighted to have you guys on the commentary. But uh, my LOI TV highlight of the season, I have to say, is uh, when you use the word tonking. <laughs> <laughs> that That's was when that. I knew that it became part of Rowers' lexicon. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> well, you what can was claim that, that for? Was that for the Finn Harps game? You said it was, wasn't it? I think is this is this class as a tonking now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was even asked about that the other night um, when Rovers scored four <laughs> against uh, Pats. You know, did they have to score five having conceded one yeah. for it to be a legitimate tonking? And I'm Does. still not 100% sure about that, Prof. Does, yeah. Yeah. Has to be over four for tonking, doesn't it? That's it. Garrison, Garrison knows the rules. <laughs> so that's off the pitch. Well, let's say on the pitch. So I think one of you mentioned the Shelburne game earlier. You had obviously Gary O'Neill's late goal against Scoopy. So you have some contenders here, but. What is your highlight of the season? Um, yeah, it was probably. Do you know what? Last year there was so many late goals, and it became it became synonymous with this team. And they probably haven't had as many this year as they did last year. 
So it probably would be the Gaffney one. And and I think it encapsulated everything about Gaffney that day. Was he, he was in and out of the game. He, he was he was on the edge of it a little bit. And it probably wasn't his best game, but then he pops up with that. And I've seen him in other games where he's had unbelievable games and not score. And he's st- like, again, the other day, he's the best player on the pitch against Pats and doesn't score. And and that's the bit where you're going, even when he doesn't score, you're getting so much out And then the day that he probably wasn't in the game that much against Shells, because there wasn't a lot of space for him to play and how deep Shells were playing, the cleverness and the thought process to score the goal he scores, I thought was brilliant. I remember in the, I remember sitting, I was sitting there and I went, that's unbelievable. And I was able to explain that Matty Smith had a chance probably about 10 minutes earlier and he tried to double, he tried to do a double volley where he jumps up one leg in the air and follows through with the other. And I went, I, I actually thought, why does he overcomplicate that? That's just a side for finish. He doesn't need to overcomplicate that. And then the difference in Gaffney's thought process under that pressure, last kick of the game, to know that, and even he said it after the game, I was just thinking, get it back across goal. And he does it with such a, like, half side for half lace. And I just thought, and and the, I think Stephen and Glenn ran that way, ran down to their families. The place erupted, the south stand erupted to my side. There was people sh- looking, up at, sh- looking up at me, waving their hands at me in the, in the thing. Uh, Graham Merrigan was be underneath me in, in the wheelchair, giving me that one like as well. And it was just, last year you had loads of them. And this year, I thought that was the moment. Now, there's been unbelievable goals. Like, I, I touched on Jack's pass for Danny Mandroyu's header. I thought it was an unbelievable pass. It's the pass of the season for me. But I just thought Gaffney's goal just really lifted the, the whole place up. And I haven't seen Tala like that mm-hmm. uh, this season, other than the Scoopy goal. But I thought the league one, I thought that was more important. And especially with the pressure after the European game and the criticism they took for not playing a strong team to then go out and all the pressure was on them to perform on the Sunday and they did. I thought it was magnificent. Yeah, I, I think that was one of the, the mega moments of the season as well. And, and, and you know, now that Rovers have won the league, everybody thinks everything is, is great. But at the time, you know, when they were trailing 2-1 with seven minutes to go or whatever, there were serious questions being asked and people were thinking, Jesus, you know, is this slipping? Um, and the celebrations for that goal, like I, I was thinking of the iconic goal celebrations at uh, Tallah Stadium down through the years, you know, Gary Twigg celebrating in front of the Bose fans and stuff. But the celebrations for that goal, the way they, you know, ran to the bench and everybody was going mental. Um, I thought that was great. And I think for me, maybe Gary O'Neill's goal, because I was doing the commentary on it and and it was a European night and it was just such a an important goal to give Rovers that extra cushion um, and you know, again, last kick of the game. And I think I had said about 15 or 20 minutes before that, Gary O'Neill is due a goal for Rovers. Yeah, you did, yeah. And so he just, you know, postage stamp, perfect finish into the south stand. Um your commentary was brilliant on that. Uh, well, I mean, the moment was brilliant. Yeah. And it was just a because I remember I remember sitting, I, I had that mic and I just put it down. And I was going, go on. And I just like <laughs> waiting for you to, because normally, and he's, and I'm like, just looking, going, like, go on, Con. That's brilliant. <laughs> nah, was you good. know, and then I've gone in and went, 
And you called earlier, <laughs> giving you more. I was like, and you, you called it. I was like, yeah, it was uh, yeah. And, and there is something, party, yeah, yeah. And, and like the fact that it was into the south stand, and um, yeah. so you had that backdrop of the fans all behind the goal, going yeah. crazy, and the players running towards the fans, and again that bond between the the players and the supporters. Had it been at the other end, obviously it would have been a very special moment. But you know, before the north stand is built, it wouldn't have been quite the same. Yeah. I think into that stand, um, you know, big European night. It was a that was a, a great, great moment. And know. to be honest, like prof, like we again, we get a lot of praise or whatever for for doing our job. Or but uh, I say this all the time: you're commenting on you're commenting on the players' work. Like they're the ones doing this stuff, and we're getting to comment on it. But we're also getting to watch it and be in a great position to see it. And, even feel a part of it and feel connected to it like I, I probably never got that when I played at Rovers so it's something that that means a lot to us and I know it means a lot to Con. but obviously um with stuff with his father and, and and obviously um his father passed away but how close he is to Rovers and how synonymous he is now that he's become the voice of Rovers over the last two years with League of Ireland like it's it's great and and like when Con does get emotional about it, you can understand why and how much it means to him in them moments mm-hmm. um and that and but like again it's coming from the players and and, and we're commenting on that but again it, it, we're grateful to feel part of it then as well that like people are saying oh yeah like that was a great goal and oh, your commentary was great on it as well and you're thinking oh, all I did was talk yeah. he's he's stuck it in the top corner like so then in that them moments you're grateful for it but you also know you're commenting on the players and the manager's work I think it's it's everything isn't it? it's a package that like, mm. talked about those iconic goals I actually think about who I want to be commenting on goals like that it actually annoys me if there's an iconic goals card and i don't like the commentator and he's not enthusiastic it actually kind of bothers me so yeah. i love that we had con for like the scooby goal and moments like that but yeah. um I, I have to say though prof um adrian eames was doing the shelburne game yeah i did, compliment he did, him, a, actually. He did yeah, a yeah. great job on that uh gaffney goal i thought he captured it really well you know and and uh he did, you know as a sligo rovers fan it probably killed him but um, yeah, I thought he, he called it really well. Uh, Gareth, as you said a moment ago, you're just back home from training, but you're, you're under 14s. Uh, you're unbeaten all season. You've had several players in the Ireland under 15 squad. And now you've got a league final coming up against Finn Harps. And there's a end of season cup competition, I believe, as well. Yeah, that's so, going to take uh, place. Coming up for you. Yeah, that's going to place, take place <laughs> over the next week. So we're going to go Saturday's the quarter final. You get through that, you play Tuesday. You get through that, you play the final on the Saturday. So that's all going to take place in one week. And then on the 19th, I think, against Finn Harps, uh, we have the final of the league. So, um, yeah, we had six lads involved in the Ireland on the 15s last week. Uh, One of them got player of the tournament on behalf of Ireland for, like, the Ireland uh, selection for it. Uh, One of the players got that. Um, One of the lads couldn't go. He's he's in the middle of... um, sorting his passport out so he's able to travel so we would have probably had seven in it um and they're a really good group they're um they're a really good group to work with um they're they've a they've a warmth and a kindness about them that you know you'd you'd, you'd want them to have as like that they're good to each other 
they're good teammates. Uh, it's one of the things Pat Flynn always says to them all the time. How good a teammate can you be? And I think it's resonated with them that they're together. Um, and it's a massive thing that because it's very hard. We have a big squad and it's very hard for them to all play every minute of every game. So, But there's a togetherness about them that's really good and it's important. And it's important they're good people as well as good players. And that's something we drum home. Um, we make sure everybody gets their minutes, even though it is, it can be cutthroat that national league level which is probably shouldn't be but we make sure everybody gets the minutes on the pitch and everybody gets the moments to play so that's important for us myself and Flinny, that the players know that they can trust that um but yeah they're they're, they're a really good group and they've had some great moments they had a really the game against bowls last weekend i think it finished 5-3 it was a cracker of a game it was really enjoyable uh and me and Flinny are standing on the sideline. Paul Fox, who's his dad, Charlie Fox, is, would have started the academy uh, years ago when it became from Tala Town. Uh, and Paul's son now, Connor Fox, who used to play for Rovers, helps out with us as well. And he's going into coaching. So he's on the sideline helping. And that, and you see how much it means to them. Like I think uh, one of the lads scores the last goal to make a 5-3. It's an unbelievable goal. You've probably seen it on the... On the Twitter page and the Instagram, uh, goodness, goodness scored an unbelievable goal, and the, I turn around at the bench and they're all standing with their head in their hands and cheering and like just that seeing them, seeing the kids bring that amount of delight and how much it meant to them to to play and score for overs in a good way. It was great. Yeah, they're, they're, like you said, there's a lot of players coming. Um, and they're, they're coming in the right way and that they're, they're good teammates. The lads above them, the, my group from last year, we, who are with Jay Shields now, the likes of uh, James Roach, I.K., Azari, Aji, Dara Marshall. Like they're all really close to my group and encouraging them and messaging them and making sure, praising them on Instagram as well. And that type of togetherness is, is massive between the, the teams because in two years' time, they're going to be both the 17s group together. And um, they're only going to be stronger for it as a as a team. So stuff like that that I take as much pride in seeing them do unbelievable stuff on the pitch. But I take as much pride in how they carry themselves off and and how they treat each other and how they speak to each other. And that's massive for us as a group. I think they're probably lucky to have you and Paggio and and the the coaching staff that they have working with them. You know, is it just that listening to you there? Uh, talking about how important it is to be good people and stuff it's 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 it really s- s- hits home you know how 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 good you guys are with them you know and 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 it's obviously you know getting results on the pitch as well yeah yeah i, th- I think yeah it's you want them to have a, a rootlessness when they play like as and and as, and it, as we say to them like you know it's okay for them to want to win you, they have to want to win it's, it's their job to teach them different ways of how to win and the proper way to win. But they have to have that want originally. That's what has to drive them to be the best they can be. And and we see it at every age level. Everybody wants to be rovers now. And so it's important that we address every game properly and, and we carry the game to people that you're getting everybody's best effort and and you have to accept that and and that's something we we say like you're building on the performance how you perform is massive and your performance will generally uh, lead to positive results and if they don't well they don't but at least you know you performed and and we can 
we can work on it then. So, uh, yeah, the, but how you carry yourself is massive. And I see that with the lads gone uh, up above us with, with in the other age groups and how they carry themselves. I was out watching the 15s play against Shelbourne on Sunday. And again, 2-0 down, but they come back and show great resilience. And afterwards, I, I walk over and I have my me, me own kids with me and talking to them and how are you and you know their names and my kids are high-fiving them and, great like you know really and that stuff was where you walk away and go you know what they're in a good place like and um, before i let you go i wanted to touch on clear the head because uh we i didn't actually talk to you about this during the previous interview uh you probably would have heard the interview i have the three lads in the meantime philly graham barry yeah uh, behind the scenes so finner was the last current player you had on episode eight then you had tony cousins john cody so have you enjoyed the last few episodes and has anything interesting come out of it, I suppose, in, uh, in recent uh, time? I know. I was talking to Con about it, actually. He loved it, the the two lads, Cuzzo's one and, and John Cody's. Uh, I, I, did, I had my own relationship with them because they both coached me. And, um, and it was great to talk to them about their playing career because you get snippets of it when you're coaching with them. Uh, so it was great to actually get a good understanding of them and like the likes of Cuzzo was a centre-back like you know and I'm like what <laughs> he started as a centre-back I was thinking no way Cuzzo like <laughs> and then uh, John Cody started as a centre-forward and ended up as a left-back and John start like John was just so honest in, in about like you know how much of a debate like his mom looked after him and how much of a like oh is the proper baby in the family and oh yeah spoiled me and he's his wife was with him at the time because he couldn't drive and she was like and now she spoils me and he was just such a good uh they were just so good to interview um again like it's a camera on a on a goggle stick like and you look hooked up to bluetooth mics and you're just walking up the hill it's no great like I think the lads are all expecting somebody with a big boom mic and the proper camera on the shoulder and you know and and they're expecting all that stuff to come, but that's all there is. And then a lot of the feedback from it is that some of the some of the players can be a little bit tentative at the start in terms of right what we're going to ask, what we're going to talk about, and I say well, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Like it goes where you want to go, and and I'll ask something, and if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. And, is there anything I'll ask them beforehand? Is there anything you don't want me to ask? And they go, no. A lot of them go, no. Uh, like Finner was very open as well about how he left the club, which was quite telling because I think it's easy for people outside the club to go, ah, yeah, like he left and, you know, he went to Dundalk and you're thinking, well, why would he stay? Like he wasn't treated very well. So stuff like that, that gives a new light that people probably didn't know, you know. So things like that, that pop up, uh, you know, the likes of what Cuzzo went through with, like, not getting paid and, you know, John Cody going, like, leaving where he just walks in and they're like, we sold you to Chelsea, you know, all right, doesn't get a say in it, but, you know, so, like, things like that that were quite interesting, uh, but it was all about, see, by the time you get to the top of it and all the players and Gano and Finner and they're all saying, that it? And we're going, yeah, and they're like, loads more to talk about there and they're like really and they're like yeah and they're like jeez i forgot the camera was there and you're like right so that feeling of making them feel at ease is what i took over that by the time they finished they felt they had more to say and also then 
they forgot I was being filmed. So to, to be able to interview people and take that presence of a camera away and feel like they're just chatting, um, that that's uh, really positive from air point of view for the for the season, like you know. And uh, you guys will co-host the Player of the Year Awards on November 11th. Uh, I know Gar has lots of plans, but uh, he's not here so to ask him about it. So I'm going to ask you guys, what can we expect from uh, you guys on stage on that night? Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have we got a script for this? Uh, no. Uh, no, you can't have a script. I don't. No. Uh, actually, Gary sent some sort of a text about... Uh, script or something and i was thinking i i don't i don't know if, if a, a script no is it didn't out. work the last time um no so uh it'll be off the cuff i think and champions now so it'll be a bit of crack <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah we're like that thank god they won that well, yeah <laughs> um but um yeah i'm the straight guy garth is the funny fella so he's the one who has to come up with all the jokes uh, to be honest, I, I, I went in trying to be the straight guy last year, and what happened was you start getting heckled, and all these all these lads thought you were chirpy, and you're like, yeah, good one, and they forget you, they forget they're shouting something that not everybody can hear, but then you have a microphone, so when you say it, everybody hears it, and then they're like, Way! and you're like, yeah, and they might have said something funnier, but no one gets to hear it that much. <laughs> I so that's you, why I remember you killed a couple of guys in the far provinces, all right? With your ah, there was a few, yeah. And then what yeah. was who was the fella stood up? Fella stood up and he had the biggest, I think he had the he had a big, biggest Tommy Hilfiger jumper on, had a big Tommy sign on it. And I went, Where, Where'd you get your jumper? And he goes, What's oh, Tommy? And I went, <laughs> and everybody just sort of had that look back as if, Oh, we didn't notice. And he then he, he just realized, he just went, Oh, like that. Yeah. But John, John Cody was jumping up asking questions and all. I said, John, will you just sit down? I said, it must be a spring on your stool or something. Just relax. Like, I'm only getting excited. And I was like, right. So there was, yeah, there was a few, wasn't there? There was a few heckles that just, I think they're a little bit more cautious this year. It'll be triple the crowd now. So it could be triple the hecklers. No. I'll tell you what, it'll be the hottest ticket in town now. I presume it'll sell out pretty quickly, you know, um, given yeah. the season that we've had. Um, so it should be. Bit of crack and 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 I presume nobody will know who the player of the year is until the night. And and it's I know you have your view, Prof, but I think it's gonna be a close vote. Yeah, same, yeah. Mm. Last I checked, it is it's been getting closer. Prof, is this see the format we done last year where the players were up on stage? Are you gonna take turns and coming up as in like you get a 10 minute chat with them or what's the what's the protocol uh, here? Honestly, Gary's the man to ask from that one. He's he's sort of arranging sort of a rundown. Uh he's planning a rundown at the moment. So Gary can't even make it. Do you know what? We've done we've been on this three times now, and he hasn't made one interview. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking doiling it in he is. Well, I met him for the first time. Uh, in the 1899 suite the other night. Uh, fixing his hair, uh, of course, course, yeah, yeah. loves yeah. his hair, doesn't he? Uh, in in fairness, him. you know, as, as rugs go, it's not a bad one, yeah, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great head of hair, but he milks it. Like, took him five years to meet Jim Conroy, and then took him five years <laughs> to meet Con, uh, Con Murphy. How does he go so long without meeting people? All these people are on his show, and he doesn't even meet them. <laughs> Lack of etiquette. <laughs> Tell him to sort himself out. 
And well, we're, we're it was great to see. It was great to see all his kids at the match the other night as well. And and you know, just going back to that, um, I remember when he was talking on the um, pod there a couple of weeks ago. After the uh, was it? Did he bring all the family over to Ghent? Yeah, and he, he was did, talking yeah. about bringing the kids to the games, and they they'll want to go to all the games now for the European matches and stuff. And and again, it just kind of reminded me of going back to the the early days when I was a kid going to European matches with dad and stuff. And and they're, I mean, he's right. Those those memories are absolutely precious. Um, and so you know, uh, I thought it was nice that he brought the kids over to to Belgium. That's it, guys. Uh, no such thing as uh, oversaturation of Conan Gartz. Another. I, well, I don't know. I think we're getting close. Do you know what? I actually thought, that, like, with, yeah, with all the other stuff that's going on, I actually thought, Prof, like, I'm de- I, like you mentioned all the other stuff I'm doing, I'm thinking, I'm getting sick of the sound of my own voice at this <laughs> it, Do you know what? In RTE, it's called the Carrie Crowley syndrome because there was a spell there in the 1990s where Carrie Crowley was on every single TV show and radio. She was filling in for Marion Finugan. She was doing this and it became, you know, Carrie Crowley was everywhere. And suddenly I think it just, somebody Cheers. pressed the off switch. And, Cheers, Con. So that's what I can expect, is it? My advice, Garth, is the next time Prof comes to you, just say, no, no, no. Sorry, I try to, age, you know what? Age, I don't age. like saying no to the lads because it, like, nah, you can't, you can't. That's the thing. It's like, you're getting asked to do so much and I'm like, I'm like, I can't say no to the lads. I'm only because... concerned with 50s. You guys haven't been on since February or March. That was a lifetime ago. So that's know, I'm on everything else. <laughs> you know what, though? You're dead right. It is a life. I mean, when you think back to the 18th of February when the season kicked off, you know, it, it's a long, long time ago now. It's been a yeah. long old year and it's been a such a successful year on and off the field. And it's been a Another great year for the club. So that's, yeah, I'm looking forward now to the Player of the Year awards. I think it's going to be a good night. That's it, guys. Champions again. Thanks for Champions joining us again. 20. Campiones. Yeah, brilliant stuff from the lads. Um, I'm not really a L'Oreal guy, you know. I think the lads are, Tom was saying I should be getting you know, a L'Oreal advert mm-hmm. for the hair. More of a brill cream, old school fella. Yeah, they remind your hair, Gar, but he, uh, Gareth reckons you, you milk it a bit. <laughs> You're in the TV business, so I understand it to an extent. Brilliant but, stuff um, from the lads, but just I love I love hearing them talk about. I love hearing the lads just they're such a good combo, and I get yeah. I guarantee you, if football didn't exist, right, they probably wouldn't would never cross paths. Do you know what I mean? They they would probably probably wouldn't even get on. Do you know mm. what I mean? But this has brought them together. There's two different, mm. totally different personalities, and they just mesh together. Some magic happens when they get together. Like I love this is the third time now we've had them on the show, and sometimes Con just takes over the interview, and I like that. I I love it because I was yeah. thinking to myself, Con Con really commands a room, doesn't he? Yeah. He really does, and that's why we were going back and forth about how we're going to go with the live show, and um, like the, I think the lads are literally just going to be left to it. So last year, what I did was I did like bullet points, like a set list for a band, right? A couple of little things here and there, and. Uh, don't mind Garth. Garth was lost without that. He kept. You could see the eyes shifting down, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So um, we're gonna go with that, and then a few other little things. But if the lads want to just go for it, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. I'd love for it to be organic like that, you know. But listen, we'll see what happens. Mm. And uh, November eleventh, Prof Tifties Don't forget, get your tickets. Selling out quick. But two brilliant, was, um, brilliant, brilliant interview from the lads again, Prof. It was quite cool actually because uh, we scheduled for half nine. 
um, you know, procs when the game would be over. But obviously, like, out of time and all, it wasn't quite over till maybe 37 or 8 past. So we're just, we're waiting to hop on the Zoom call. So, Giddy. so as moment the moment this interview begins, the Rovers are champions. So it was quite cool. I got to hang out with Conan Garrett. Literally, the moment we won three in a row, uh, drinks were poured. Obviously, all around the country, be real not to. Con had a glass of wine, but some of us were up early in the morning, gear, so we couldn't have the wine. But um, yeah, Con also. Like I'm just just on that point, right? Yeah. Am I the only one who doesn't take that into account? You must be. Like if I if I'm if I know I'm up in the morning and I'm in the, I'm in the mood for one, I'll be looking at it going, mm? I'm in the mood. Depends. Like say Sunday night after we lift the trophy at Derry and I'm in I'm in the Ab or the Maldron or something and it's good I might need a taxi home or something. But yeah. then I no longer give a fuck about being up early. Yeah. But on Monday night uh we're not even playing. I'm on it's my weird. own. It's weird, isn't it? I'm though? on my own. I'm not yeah. going to say, ah, fuck it, I'll just lose. But in saying five that, like, you get one or two, start drinking, and I'm like, oh, oh. And then six <laughs> hours later, you're meldy, and then you look at the clock and you're like, bollocks. <laughs> I'm up in four hours. Yeah. Um, um, yeah stuff. Con, like I said, a lot of good feedback to the hotline, including Con. He quite enjoyed it. And he had a question for me. He said, or he wants to know. How did Bobby Best end up with a son called Johan? Um, I think you named that to Johan Cruyff. Yeah, well, that was my guess. Pretty much it. Pretty much it, yeah. Nearly I sure. I don't know any other Johan. And I know Johan very well. Johan was working with us for years. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, in the DMC, in the Dublin Mail Centre, before we made our move to the Parcel Hub, Prof. And yeah, Johan's a character. Uh, another interesting note off air. Uh, Graham Gartland played with Gary Hogan, the guy we had on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, fuck off, will you? Yeah. Jesus that must have been in Dublin City wasn't it so I um, don't think they were together long but um, yeah Gareth remembered them so uh, another little link there yeah so we're going to move on to the game Prof the big one most nervous me and you have been the Prof here, I'm going oh. to get, get the text out with the Prof sent me right so <laughs> as, as you know because me and Prof's match day um, rituals have changed recently you know like he does his media thing and I'd bring the kids over to the south stand and and they do a few bits like that so um I'm trying to I'm trying to find it here now and Prof was just absolutely mortified right yeah so like as, as me and Prof we text back and forth and that and I, Prof just texts me he goes I can't wait for 10pm <laughs> just want it over with and I was like yeah but then we went on I was like I had this feeling in my stomach and then like I, f- I felt like I was gonna be, you know, exposed, and the prop was like, "Yeah, I feel, I feel I'm gonna be exposed as a fraud here." <laughs> yeah. Like I felt like I had a dirty secret, and someone was gonna find out. And I was just thinking to myself, "I feel rotten to the core. I felt awful." It was, it was a weird feeling. Like, well, I was actually thinking about the Derry game the whole time. I was thinking, right, we have to, we have to match Derry's results here, so that that's, we, that's so it. we reduce the significance of the Derry match because. My nerves would not be able to take a dairy game with everything yeah. on the line. Yeah, and I had a, I had a little, like I kept obviously we were a big, big fan of Jace Maloney and he, he comes out with a lot of good stuff. But he said beat Derry and it's done. So I just kept thinking, Derry on Sunday would beat them. I'm not even thinking about Pats and then I'm thinking, oh, what if we lose? What if we lose the Pats and then what if they, what if Derry win and then they come to us on a high? And just the permutations were blinding me. Well. The past game specifically, what I was thinking was, like you pointed out, they were in form. They'd won 7 out of 10. 
they had did I only lost one game since we beat them at Richmond in July and that was against Derry so they're hard to beat and I was looking at our goal scoring I was like we're not scoring goals like the, the goals aren't aside from Gaffney's body obviously but the goals haven't been coming from Gaffney or Towle or Jack or Berkey they've been coming from Cleary at set pieces we've been in a funk yeah I think Stafford made a great show he's like we looking for a striker and the centre half comes in and starts scoring goals mm. but as a couple of people said on the day and then afterwards this team always show up for the big games I, prof- I said this I think a week before or I think it might have been last week as well I said I'm always confident that this team puts the form to the side puts their own form to the side and they get into that big game mentality and they show up I always had, had, I always had the fear in my stomach, but for some reason I just thought to myself, "There's no way." Deep down, I thought they're not showing up for this. There's no way Pats will come here and get a result. But you obviously are going through different stages of it's like grief, isn't it? It's like you've <laughs> lost someone. You're going through different stages: acceptance, doubt, guilt, all these stages of madness. And I'm just thinking to myself, when I came down to, it, I always think back to Dundalk, the three-two, how big of a game that was. Yeah. massive win and I always thought that was a big turning point step up they're going to step up I always thought they would but this this year this title feels so different it's because of what we've just been through in Europe getting that Champions League first qualifying round win being seeded in a, getting to the group stages there's this overriding feeling of what if we lose that mm. opportunity again it's not even just about the league it's just it's about all about next season <laughs> And it was all all that in one package. But yeah, this this team has consistently shown up for the big games. Pulls out these big performances. You said put the farm aside. The farm was okay. Like But it's not convincing. It wasn't convincing. We beat UCD unconvincingly and we, we beat Sligo very convincingly, but then we only drew in Drahada. So we weren't winning every game. But the problem was there we were winning every game. Mm. And I just told myself this team that showed up in Sligo will show up again. Don't mind the draw the performance. Don't mind the UCD one. Mm. This team will turn up eventually. And they, they did. Like it turned up when it mattered. So Yeah, Brazler as it turned out nearly missed the match. Um was uh, some something about it. little Josh maybe not getting or is not responding well to treatment. Um wish him but, all the best anyway. But as it turned out, uh, it was okay. All the family made it a game in the end. Uh, Pico gave Josh his jersey which is fantastic um, it's been mentioned already but I can see Josh being the first person to lift the trophy on Sunday oh, it'd be beautiful wouldn't it and then I can see that just going viral just be a perfect perfect moment yeah, yeah. Uh, 899Burger um, this was our first Friday game in Tala since Banger Celtic July 29th and the first in the league since June 24th against Bowles. I feel Bowles. like I haven't been there for so long, man. So long, you know. And um, That's also the last time all five Premier Division games were played on a Friday night. That was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Um, little, yeah. little Maya had her moment, Gare. Maya had her moment, yeah. This was great. She was she won a raffle by the Junior Hoops to present the trophy, the Player of the Year award trophy, the second best Player of the Year award trophy in the land. Junior Hoops. Um, to Rory Gaffney so she was absolutely delighted who no. did you vote for though Gar? because we know Gaffney is not her favourite player no no I think Pico could Pico could end up 
out for the season and she'd still vote for him player of the year she's infatuated with him you know um, so she voted for Pico player of the year and uh, Gaffney got it in the end so uh, well deserved from Rory Gaffney it was a good night for him he got man of the match he got player of the year for the junior hoops and he delivered us one of the best sound bites ever which we'll come back to later yes but yeah so we move on to the game prof and we had uh, goals with every this was a men- this the mo- mixed emotions in the words of Aussie Nate mixed emotions this was a mental game of football five goals three penalties a red card and the team had McCann and Tell starting in the middle which we were very happy with starting 11 and Ferrugia on the bench with no green in the squad mm-hmm. so we talked about the moments of madness that kind of ensued when, as, it, as we went on but 1-0 4 minutes in we had a, um, a ball that was whipped out back to Curtis Curtis whips in a, a lovely ball very dangerous bit of pace takes a bounce air swipe from Hoare um, Adekoy just swipes in at the he back he couldn't believe his look back post couldn't believe it tap in. and yeah. we were in the south stand obviously and we're looking at it and even because you've got the full width of the whole pitch there, and you've got like your vision is isn't deferred at all, and you're looking around and you're like, he just came out of nowhere. Even though we were watching the ball from the left, your head slightly moves to the right. Adekoy comes in. I'm like, where did this little prick come from? And then he's giving it the big one with the badge. I just thought, okay, here we go. So Four minutes in, relax. And his first time. So I just head in my hands and I'm thinking the to myself, for the sales stand." I know, yeah. Come back to hand, silly him. boy. But I was thinking to myself, yeah. "Relax, relax." There's a, there's, a ni- there's ninety minutes left in this game. Four minutes gone. There's ninety minutes left added on. Time. First twenty though, we there was were. anxiety in the stands. We were all nervous as hell. All nervous. It just wasn't happening for us. And I was thinking to myself, oh, these, these could get on top here. They get another one, it's over. As Bradzer said, they don't panic when we go down early in the game. If you go down in the 80th minute, it's a different story. But yeah. four minutes in, it's very, it's very early. It's so much time to come First thing I thought was, right, okay, we can score two goals. That's exactly what I thought. I'm thinking to myself, we can score two goals against Pat I wasn't even thinking about two at that point. I was just, please... Let's get level in this game. Do you know what I mean? Though I was thinking, time, Roy, if you said to me before the game, we beat, do we beat Pats two 0 tonight or two one? Can we score two goals against them? I'd be thinking, absolutely. From corners, yeah, probably. Absolutely, Dan Cleary. <laughs> That's where all our goals come from now. So we had a uh, Borky, Borky with a penalty. This um, nice bit of play, and then Borky gets put into the box. Oh, for a force, right from where we were in South Stand. I just thought. <laughs> Penal all day. It looked like he got absolutely taken out. This is soft, man. This is not a penal. This is soft. <laughs> no, it's not. He, the way he falls made it look worse. And I'm thinking to myself, Rob Hennessy, you twat. Like, fair enough, it's working in our favour, but I don't watched, think it was a penalty. I've man. watched it a few times. I, how, how does he give this? He, I don't know. It looked, see, the trailing leg of Redmond made it look like it. But then Borky fell back. Borky should have fell over it. But he fell back and kind of collapsed within himself. And it looked ridiculous. On the replay, but then I thought, mm. take this all day. So he steps up and he does the usual Borky Daisy cutter into the bottom corner. You could say it's telegraphed, but it doesn't matter if if it's well placed and it's powering it. Um, Samantha Librari's dad, John, he uh, notoriously cannot watch penals. So Samantha put up a picture of him with the head, Brilliant photo. The head down. Yeah. I was actually similar, which is very unlike me. I tore me back. I watch all penals. 2019 final, I watched mm. them all. I didn't move. No turning away or hiding behind my hands. With this one, I was like... It's a great feeling. Oh it? my God. Isn't it a great I feeling? I can't even watch this pen. I love the dread. I love it. <laughs> Boy tore me back for a second and I goes, no, no, just fucking turn around, watch it, watch it. 
pull up your fucking big boy pants. But then we had clearly just before half time and um superb bit of a bit of play and we had <laughs> Borky with the dark arts. But this clearly is... clearly with the first header saved. I think yeah, wasn't it? And, and then on the rebound. But yeah, this push is so clearly he's just a menace, about. right? He's a menace. The Dublin or the D twelve or even Drago. Um he's a menace. He gets up and he has a grey header, it's a good save, but then Bob breaks you put here's here's a foul. Put your hands on somebody, alter their movement. That's a foul. Berkey times this so perfectly. The slightest and most nimblest of nudges in the he, back. He has, and it's not one of those pushed. He uses forearm. A little... Berkey has actually visioned the timing of Forrester's jump and yeah. pushed him at the exact right time. It's very clever. He caressed him. It's like, you know, if you're walking by your wife in the kitchen. You caress her back. You have a little, a little nudge in the back, you know. And Berkey did that. Little, a little love tap. And just nudges him slightly, ever so slightly, and you can see his back arching slightly, and you're thinking, "Oh, you're getting away with that." And then, Dan clearly, the so juggernaut. That if someone else was to nudge your significant other in the kitchen very gently, and Rob Hennessy was in the kitchen, he would never see this. Two footer, I'd be two footing everyone in the kitchen. In those <laughs> case, now Hennessy uh, doesn't get it, and half time we roll in, and the sighs of relief just. Epic, and I just thought to myself, this is our game now. Oh, we are going to up this. Once we were ahead there, I was like, yeah, we're just going to push on now. Like, a Score big shout more. out, like, there was Matt, Matt, like Andy Lyons, I thought, was very good. I thought overall, it was it was a really good performance. Uh, Richie Tell, putting in shifts. Once the tide turned after the 20-minute mark, um, and we started playing, Tell was excellent. And McCann did exactly what we thought he would do. Yeah. He was the common influence in the middle. Exactly, yeah. And Richie was the hassle merchant, you could say. So Gaffney got man the match, despite not scoring a goal, which showed his contribution the yeah. night. Um, he was brilliant. You know what? When I think there was a stage in the second half. We'll talk about the second half now, where we kind of got we mm. there was a we had a sub at half time, all right. So I was about to say, Jack got subbed Jack, for Dylan only yeah. a few minutes into the half, which uh, it was a knock. Obviously, you wouldn't sub him for that early in, in the half otherwise. But, um, um, and then the horror goal, what was only, was it? Five, six minutes into the half. Yep. So it was, turns, it was a bit of a scramble in the box and I thought the chance had gone. It kind of went it went slightly wide and from our our view, we were just—I th- was thinking there's no way he's going to turn this in. It took a little, mm. a little nick off someone who went in. I thought, right, that's done. Game is done and dusted here. Game management is what it's all about now. Keep possession, and it's exactly what we did. But brilliant stuff from from Sean Har, who has been a man mountain this season. Let's be honest, he's he been has brilliant. been unbelievable. And you had murmurs of people giving out about his four-year deal, who possibly we might have said something before. He's been in the conversation this season for Player of the Year. One hundred percent in there. He's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant footballer, and uh, he's and just been a, a <laughs> rock at the back. And I love the celebration. Um, obviously, the the Shells winner is the iconic celebration of the season. But this goal. It was like, it wasn't like a title clincher, but it was like a two goal cushion. This is it. In this game with three games left, or two after this. I know he was saying to myself, hey, right, right, lads, this is how you celebrate a goal. None of this Namby, fucking Pamby, oh, celebrate a little clap for yourself. Run over to the south stand and dive in into fucking meshing. Yeah. That's what happens. That's how you celebrate a goal. Even the ball boys getting involved yeah, in the, the pile of bodies, which brings us to this question, Gert. Go ahead. Oh, you have it there. 
Right, so, yeah. Jason Gaffney asks, when I vote open for Ball Boy of the Year award, it's going to be tight. That's not a bad show. <laughs> Ball Person of the Year. There's a few cheeky ones. I have to say, he was on form. At one stage, I think it was at 3-1, um, <laughs> I think it was Rogers, tr- Rogers trying to get the ball, and he kept rolling it backwards. You know, like, come on, come on, come on. And he went to give it to him, and he, and he faked it, and Rogers was just like, give me a fucking ball. You can't say much to a kid, and then he flicked it to the side of him, and Rogers had to go get him it. We were all like, yeah, ball boy's yeah. back. Uh, he was in fine form. Um yeah, so we'll move on to uh, the penalty. It was it was a, a handball from McCann. McCann, yeah. It was. He put his hand out to the right. It was obvious in front of the ref. You could tell his hand was to the right in an unnatural position. It was a penalty. But here's the thing, right? Just before that, we were all in the south stand. And as play is gone, someone goes, shells are 1-0 up. And we're all going, what? Everyone's checking it. It was like, yeah! Yeah, everyone, it's a goal. Like, it's a goal celebration. We're all fucking giving it the big one. And I'm fucking high fiving. I think Stafford was behind me, high fiving him. And he goes, a fucking penal. I goes, what? Where? Where? He goes, behind you. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what is going on? I'm like, oh no. So I'm down. I'm up. I'm down. And then I'm intense because the penal's about to be taken. And then, the pe- and then the penal's saved. And we're all like, yes, again! I'm like, the fucking contrast of emotions here is nuts. I'm going mental. So first of all, celebration, mad shell score. Turn around, penno against us. I'm like, bollocks, dread, waiting on the penno. Elation when he fucking misses it. And you're just, you're just, at one stage I was just laughing. I was just like, this is mental. What a rollercoaster. What man. a rollercoaster. And um, uh, dreadful penno, but once again, how many, Manus has saved. Manus stared him down. Manus has saved loads Manus of penalties now. Manus stared him down. Manus just stood there and goes, come get some. And Tunde bottled it. That's definitely a factor, his physical presence. Like, remember Jason Byrne skying <laughs> over the bar? How big did Manus yeah, make yeah. himself look that A night? massive cloud um, of smoke in goal. Nobody <laughs> wants it. Nobody uh, wants it. Liam Kearns, uh, son of the whack. He was back home. Uh, he said, "Magic Manus saved the penalty in 2010 in that end against." Oh, he Pats. said this to me. Yeah, gave me this stat in this uh, to keep our league charge on course. Was not the other end. Was it the Billy? Was that not the Billy Dennehy one? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was in. That was into the square end. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, he says, "I never had a doubt he would do it again." Legend. Um, so yeah, Manus saved the penalty from that Belgian, hmm. as he's known in some circles on TikTok. Um, did you see that about Manus? About his new training schedule, he, Belgian. He's adjusted it. He's tra- he trains one day less now, and he was actually training through pain sometimes last season. Yeah, he doesn't feel pain. He's one of them <laughs> freaks that doesn't feel pain. But this is the kind of thing you don't. We don't see this behind the scenes. You know, like you're 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 looking at Manus last season, and you're like, oh, why is he slow to react to that? Why is he palming this into the onrushing striker? We don't know that he was actually in pain for some games last year. Similar with Gaffney. Brazier has said that Gaffney has had a bad injury last month. I think the key to it all ultimately for Amanis is peanut butter. He, he does like that. He does like peanut butter. Yeah. But yeah, it shows you the, the medical team as well have a lot to be thanked for. So I know, but we've been... There's a lot as, we don't see, isn't there? We're very reactive to each starting eleven, So we're like, right... Gaffney plays against Drogheda, right? Um, if I have my order of games here, right? Plays against Drogheda. But then he's on the on the bench at home to Molde. And he doesn't come on. And you're saying, but he's on the bench. Why can't he come on? 
and then he plays the following game and then you're like okay well was he injured or not then mm. but if it's a recurring injury he's had for a few weeks then yeah that's been managed you know sometimes we're just not privy and I think his yeah. decision to come off and draw the ultimately was the right thing to do because he like Manus is a smart fella He's not one of these guys who play through pain. Well, he probably is, but he knows. He knows his body. So he's probably mm. thinking to himself, if I dive on this again, or if I make it worse, I'm out for the next couple of games. Do you know mm. what I mean? Smart move. Yeah. Probably playing through the pain. So knows his body. But um, depending on the red car prop, this was a mental turn of events because it, it was a save, but then it took a spin, a real vicious spin. It was a Andy Lyon shot, I yeah. think, that... Yeah, it took a spin and it's dropping down on the goal but line. But before that, Gaff was ripping them to shreds. He was on it. Do you know when you just know Gaffney's in the mood? He's sw- dicing by players. He's taking shots. He's just, there's no touching him. Sounds like every week. He's in the mode. You know, he's in the mode. And um, this, this, um, Danny Mandro, <laughs> the ball spins, right? Takes a vicious spin. And what, I don't know what Anto Breslin's trying to do. Is he trying to clear it? Is he trying to take a touch? It's on his goal line, but it bounces up and it hits his hand. It's a penalty. It's never a red. He didn't mean that in the slightest. It was the most unintentional handball I've ever seen. This vicious spin on it, it bounced up, a court hit him in the hand. He could have just threw his body at it and got rid of it. I don't know why he's arguing with the, the penalty, but the look on his face when the, he red, knew. When the red card didn't comes he? ill. No, the look on his face when he, the penalty got given. And Paddy yeah. Barrett as well. Paddy Barrett was just like, Ugh. like I can't complain, it hit his hand. Like you couldn't complain, it fucking hit his hand. So, I think it, I think it was actually him as well. The camera panned on his face for the first panel, and it was just that look of shock. Yeah, yeah I love seeing him yeah. shocked like that. Um, yeah. So Berkey scores again. Uh, appears to hurt himself though. Yeah, uh, hopefully as he, not as bad. He hits it. Was his groin? It looked like possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So Berkey did hurt himself. Um, it was a super panel. That's that's the way. I, Berkey normally goes for the daisy cutter, but he went for this from top corner. And uh, buried and unfortunately hurt himself, but that was it. It was party time in the South Stand, prof. Um, the atmosphere stuff. at the start of the match, um, like Pats, main the Pats have twelve hundred, twelve hundred. They were in fine voice until we equalised. Anyway, I will um, say I do like the little edgy element that's creeping into the Pats, the Pats atmosphere, or the Pats fan base, like the Invincibles or Invisibles are starting to kind of get their act together again. They're what are they called now? Are they just called Invincibles? Because the shed end's gone. Don't know. Just Invincibles. I am liking the like we call it the diet derby or whatever. It's not. Ne- it's never going to be the balls game. No. But I am liking the atmosphere in these South Dublin games. derby. It's getting there, isn't it? The atmosphere has been cracking. It's getting there, and they're and up for it as well. But there is a little edgy element coming in with them. You know, the flares, the little bit of displays. Everybody needs to be up in their game. That's what we but want. They just they keep ringing like the thousand, twelve hundred, but they just cannot beat us in Tada. Twenty sixteen, mm. the last time uh, they won there, they had the hoodoo over for a while. I remember? Yeah. So Paul, so Rob Hennessy, Rob Hennessy is. I always mix up him and Paul McLaughlin. He sent off Grace and, Tr- and Clark, didn't he? McLaughlin sent off those two. Yeah. yeah. But this was, like, he has been kind of ho- kind to us in, in the past. I will say, he's consistently shy. He's terribly unfair to all teams. That's the only <laughs> thing you can say. Like, it's not just us getting biased. No, we no, be- no, no, Gare. We're paying the refs. Yeah, we're paying the refs. Corrupt officials. And you know what? They, they say nothing as well. I was saying this on Facebook the other day, that we one of the bad decisions that got put up was Derek Foran fell and... I think it was Conan Bourne and Tala at the 4-0. Oh, that was Anthony Bodimer. 
Was that's, that Buttermer, yeah? That's the single-handed worst referee in display in a game I've ever seen. Right, so I spoke, I was doing my refs course and I spoke to John Fury about it. He ha- he was involved in a controversial decision in a cup final where a ball, two balls were on the pitch. One of them wasn't in play. But I said that to him and he just happened to be the assessor that game. And I said to him, right, Derek Foran was last man back. The shot was taken and then there wasn't even a foul. I barely touched him, he kind of fell over and he got a red card. And the penalty. Penalty and a red card. Yeah. So what? Like, what's that about? Like, and he just said no. The ref called as he saw, and he got it right. So fucking refs union, fucking refs union. They always back each other up, no matter what. So two penalties and two red cards, don't mm. they? That's, you can't you can't take it seriously all this nonsense on Twitter because we've had some shocking decisions to go against us this year. Terrible. The penalty and red in Derry in the cup. We've had players, pen, players conceding penalties and getting sent off for the ball hitting them in the face. In we've the had that face. twice. We've had Lee Grace and Joey O'Brien against Ilves in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey wasn't sent off, but it was a penalty. And have you noticed the standard of refereeing in the country? That debate only seems to rear its head when the decisions go in our favour. Yep. But listen, I'd rather that. I'd rather people hate me. I love it. I love it. Hook it to the veins, prof. Because I, I think back to how pissed off I was after Derry. And then I read this, I'm like, this is great. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, not quite a Tonkin, Prof. All you people out there who think this is a Tonkin, it's not. It It's a it's a comprehensive win. The near Tonkin. It's a master class of, of you know, shithousery. Hmm. It's not a Tonkin. Gareth agrees with me. That the rules have been set about Tonkins. Yes, Tonkin rules are clear. And we, this tees me up nicely, Gareth. I prof. have a remarkable stat. You've been teasing me all day with this. I said you one text. You're teasing me, prof. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> this better be good, <laughs> So we beat Pats 4-1. Yeah. That is the first time that Rovers have scored four goals against Pats in a competitive match since a 4-0 win at Milltown in 1984. 150 games ago was the last time we scored four against Pats. Just 150 against Pats or in general 150 games? Just 150 Pats. Pats games. 150 Pats games. Since we scored four goals against them. Where did you dig that from? Isn't that mental? Four. Because oh. I just started thinking about it and I thought, well, hang on, since I'm following, I can't think of four. And then What I, year was it? 1984. So we definitely could talk to someone we played in that game. Pat or Mick. Sure good, yeah. Pat or Mick Bourne or... Cody was probably gone to Chelsea, was he? No, Cody was still there. Cody was still there. Oh, we're going to have to talk to someone about that. What score was the game? 4-0. Jog your memories there, lads. An exact tonking. 4-0, exact tonking. Well, we could talk to Mick Bourne and John Cody, just not on stage during a noisy uh, 899 bar pre-match. Yeah, yeah. But then um, Berkey <laughs> is our top goal scorer with uh, 11 goals, which is kind of... How do you sum up Berkey's season? Because... Indifferent. He's been injured for parts of the... Indifferent, I'd say. He was left say. out of the team at the start of it. Is that unfair? Indifferent? It's, kind of, it's mad. He's our top goal scorer in the league. But that was only his... 11. That was only his 15th league start. Same as Richie Towell. Richie Towell and Graham Burke have started 15 league games out of 34. It is. Like, he, like when you think of your player of the year nominees... And that was McCann's fifth... League start Fucking hell Five <laughs> the, the thing is When you think of Borgie Overall In the running of player of the year He doesn't really get in the five Do you know what I mean And 
we've been looking at our what we got 500 entries prof there was a massive surge on the end of the day for the player of the year votes 500 entries mm -hmm. and um yeah i don't i think Bork got one or two well what's odd about it is he's he's made the most impact off the bench this season because but, he came off the bench against Sligo and got a hat-trick. He came off the bench in North Macedonia and changed the game. Mm -hmm. He set up two goals. So uh, definitely, it, it, like it just not in the running this year, unfortunately. And that's just that's a fan's opinion, Prof. But we're going to uh, full-time and it was just brilliant. Everybody waited until the death. And then we had a great fucking night in the suite. We'd Paul Stone singing the Rebs. But Paul Stone sang the Rovers Rebs because every so often... <laughs> He would uh, he would break in. I see the Rovers fans arise, but he'd be strumming his own little tune to it. So we have our own, it's like our own Rovers chants in there. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It really good. was. Uh, so good Rovers man up singing Rebels and um, a great night had by all. I, only, I think I only got up at um, about maybe half ten, but um, I heard a good few tunes and people put up videos as well. We actually drank um, everything. There was no more beer. <laughs> Maloney left because there was no cider. <laughs> Gone. I'm out here. Cleared out yeah. the place. Thankfully, yeah. uh, the SDCC didn't have to issue any apologies, Gar, uh, about the tunes not representing their values around them because uh, thankfully no ticks recorded and with their phones. Mm. You know what the world's like nowadays, Gar. Oh, yes. Uh, but yeah, start to finish, that night was magic. It's brilliant. It really was. It was, it was just, ah, it was just class. And even saying that yeah. on the way home, just as a family chatting away and stuff like that and I left slightly early because Jaden had Kevin's away in the morning right so we woke up early and Jaden got a hat-trick against Kevin's away out on Shenowan Road in that famous pitch and I was just thinking oh fucking Rovers spurring them on here but uh, absolutely delighted with the weekend it's, uh, itself so um, yes like you said um, Shells went 1-0 up in the game and you were all cheering until Pascal Penno and then later on, some media uh, hmm? spread the word that Shells have got a second. Who, who, own up. <laughs> just put your hand up. We won't, we won't judge it or nothing was, like, but. Oh, we will. Uh, some, somebody just. Like con in the, in the West End. And we were both checking live score. And I was like, what's going on over there? It's still 1-0. Cursing Con yeah. of the West End. Yeah. So little old Shells, Gar. Uh, couldn't hold on. Derry did equalise at the end. Yep. Which made no difference, really, did it? That equaliser, like it's still all the permutations were kind of the same. They had to win in on Monday. The goal difference now, critically, was eight better. So, if like the unthinkable did happen and it came down to the last day, even our goal difference was so strong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't give Shells much hope, did you? None whatsoever. But as you know, Prof, I've moles. And I talking to a couple of little moles, possibly former Rovers players, spurring them on, giving them a little bit of a voice. And uh, I was assured is that they knew who they wanted to win the league. Uh, Duffer so, is a hoop guy. Have you, have you been in touch with him? To yeah, get he's, any, one of any day, he's, he's one of the day ones. Always like Duff. Never a bad word to say about the man. We need a soundbite of him. Been on the show a few times and then he just said, listen, Gar." I know, but you're, I'm, you're, I'm a big fan of Tiffy's, but I can't air that one. I'm know? watching off so, the ball. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like we said, we won yeah. hand on the trophy, prof. Hand the trophy. Who are all, who are these thousands of people leaving as we're winning four one, practically seeding the title? You have all season to beat traffic, 
Does, how many games we played this season? I want traffic after this. I want to be out of hanging out a window, beeping the horn, singing fucking build me up. You'd swear it was fucking April at home to harps. Yeah, I know, yeah. I don't, you wouldn't Who know what Who cares about people. traffic at a time like this? Um, so, yeah. Um, just some notes from the 899 bear. Uh, Brazier and the staff popped in. Uh, so this was a great touch. A lovely, lovely touch. And do you know what I noticed after the game, right? You know when... Like Bradley knew. Bradley knew he had he had his fucking hands on that trophy. I've never seen him so animated. Uh, he's giving it the big one to the south stand. But then when I looked at the at the main stand, he was doing you know those jumps where you click your heels together, and he's <laughs> jumping around as if he won the lotto. And I'm like, that is the most animated I've ever seen him ever. And he's fist pumping and he's giving it the big one. Just thinking, yeah. yes, Brad's a nose. Because at that, at that stage we're thinking, right, even if there you win, it's like, oh, we only need a point from the last two games. And we're like... We're getting, I love his we're, confidence in this we're, team. We're getting the point from I the last two games. I love his confidence in this team. Do you he, know what he I mean? He was asked, actually, when do you want to win? And Monday or or Sunday? And he said, no, bring on Derry. Yeah, want to win it's home. rally cry, prof. I don't know how you felt now, but I actually wanted it over with. Uh, all right, I'll give you my thoughts on it. My The smart move, the, the football in head in me, um, wanted over on Monday have a good crack at Ghent and have a party on the Sunday the masochist in me <laughs> wanted to beat Derry and win it on the day in the stadium but like cooler heads you know what yeah it was, the, it was the Ghent thing that was swinging me I have was a good like, crack at that like what a great position to be in to have the league won and we can do what we want in the last two groups plus games. do Ghent need to win Oh, it's between. I think it's between Ghent and Mall, isn't it, for second place? Right, so let's say... I don't know. Let's say they do come at us needing to win. And I possibly would put us in the driving seat because when mm. teams come at us, we tend to play our best football. We tend to come out of blocks and attack and do well with counter-attacking teams. Yeah, good point. So it could work in our favour. Also, I was thinking, like, my nerves are gone. I've been through hell the last two weeks. I just... Yeah. I just want it over with so we can just relax on Sunday. We had our, we kind of had our moment last year where we sealed on the pitch. So at least we 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 weren't still looking for that, you know. We've won mm. it in Tata before, um. So yeah, some highlights in eight nine nine burger. Uh, Tommy Kelly with his top off for some reason. Can we just report when he has a top on? I think we should. We yeah, better off because it's more frequent. More frequent, yeah. At uh, one stage, I saw Tommy Kelly. Glenn Cronin and Spragsy together and I'm just I'm just looking at this like what a trio <laughs> what? I, was th- no, no, I was thinking poor Glenn <laughs> but undoubtedly the highlight there Ozzy Ney putting Brazzer in a headlock oh yeah oh did he yeah <laughs> come here I show you this you got a little bit of this um, there what a club like, I, I think as well can we like I we've, know. Got, we've got a mad random Ozzy supporting us who can just put our manager in a headlock when yeah, he feels like it. I know, yeah, it's great. But the thing is, I think I want to give Glenn Crown a shout out as well because he goes under the radar quite a lot and doesn't get a, a, any mention whatsoever. I think he deserves all the praise. First of all, being a fantastic coach, motivator, a friend to all the squad, Brad's at a whole lot. I think Glenn Cronin deserves a massive amount of praise because it's a collective effort. It really is. And I mean, they consult with each other back and forth him, Mac and Stephen all together they make all these decisions as a collective and I just don't think that Glenn gets enough credit so big shout out to Glenn he's been there since day one Even day one he was there under Nutsy transitioned into um, Brad's reign 
Um, so that's it, Prof. Like I said, we're going to throw a party for the day ones. It's going to be I've November said this, 11th. I've, I've said this before, haven't I? That every time... How long was um, Key Long there? Was it seven years? Every time Bowles were doing well or punching above their weight, all that stuff. Have you ever noticed it was always... Keith Long and Trevor Crotty. For some reason, the only club in the country where the assistant manager was constantly mentioned. Always, yeah. With Good the manager. Show. Good show. And you know what? I'd say Cronin, Cronin wouldn't like it. Have you I'd, ever I'd heard I'd anyone ma- say Stephen Rodney and Glenn I'd Cronin? imagine Glenn would hate that. Because he's on the radar type of guy, you know? Mm. Running you up them hills in City West. Get up here with that. So, yeah, we'll talk about um, Gaffney Prof. He was asked by Tony. I don't know who he said. It's in touching distance now. Can you feel it? And Gaffney said, yes. I can. Yes, I can. To be because, fair. Yeah, I can. To be fair. Yeah, probably prob- <laughs> the impressions. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the tomb tornado, tomb tornado, prof. He has done it again. An absolute. And happy birthday to him. He's thirty-three, prof. I'm a little yep. bit weary of that. An age is a number with him. You think he's a sprightly twenty-five-year-old, but that's uh, our main striker, thirty-three. As Latan's thirty eight. Maybe he's making up for last time. He, he, missed, he missed most of twenty twenty with injury, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, thirty three. But yeah. it's a steam train still. So we had a uh, prof Derry. They only drew nil all in Sligo and on Monday, which meant we were champions again. So um Sligo handed the title to the Shems. Tesla Are ye Shems <laughs> um, so they, they uh, gave us a little present. Um yeah, Greg day. Bulger putting in the shift. Old Richard Brush performing his uh, White Hart Lane heroics. Old Dickie Brush. Remember him? Yeah, Jesus. Do you know what? I, some, I, we spoke earlier about how nervous we were and all because we were under pressure. Although Brazzer has come out and said the pressure was from the outside. Like he's, he spoke about the noise on the outside. Undoubtedly, the pressure was on this team. Without a shadow of a doubt. But we handled it masterfully. But even saying that mm. with the Derry team as well. That's my point. I, For some reason I didn't consider the pressure on Derry. Because they kept winning. But they get, all they ever came within us was a point. Yeah. And in the last couple of weeks of the season it was like 3-6 to six with a game in hand and all that. They it's, never really got that close did they? Is that what you're saying? No, my point is this was like their last chance. This slide going and... Derry, or sorry, um, Shelburne and Sligo games. This was their moment where they had to win both to bring it in to Tala on Sunday. And for the title to actually be So this is their first real test of character, you're saying? I think it was. Of the season, and they fluffed it massively. Watch the game, right? Can, can you get your head around this team selection? Duffy and McElhaney Duffy, on the bench. McElhaney, yeah. McGonagall. Did McGonagall start? I don't think he did. He didn't fucking... Kavanaugh started. I remember looking at the team and thinking... The where? three main players, all your goal threats not starting. What What was he doing? I was looking at it, I was like, where's half their team? Half of them? That McGonagall, Duffy, McElhaney don't start. And then they eventually come on. I don't think Duffy came on. But fucking madman. So, Rory... Rory Higgins has got a mouth for the call. So we have an interview here Just, with uh, Rory Higgins. Uh, Rory, um... Commiserations, uh, Sean McGraw, the champion. Why I can't go after a champion? I'm sorry, you appear. Richard Nixon. Look <laughs> at Richard Nixon has come into the room. I'm sorry, you appear to have a coleslaw in your mouth. Also, you appear to be a former American president <laughs> for some reason. And you sound like the dog off the ad. What's your man's name? Churchill. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. So 
they, they totally balled it and um, they were ter- they were terrible ultimately I thought Mahan made some really good or Mar made some really good saves Keane mm. Keane was unlucky not to score two great saves in a row wasn't Shell's goal a mistake from Mar it wasn't the, the kick out straight to a Shell yeah player. yeah um, it was Moylan Moylan buried it superb finish um, but we're talking about the Sligo the Sligo game though it was like I thought Keane looks good uh, he might have, might have done well in his audition oh did you see his goal against the dock oh man outrageous it's a nice nice player nice player so we'll, we'll talk about potential transfer targets soon but the media reaction Prof um, it's great to see us back in the media wasn't it talking about our 20th league title it's huge the second star ceremony it's coming up November 11th get your tickets tifties.com yeah we got some we got a little news piece on uh, RTE I, I, I stressed you know, little not as long as the Gaelic but Version Media off the ball had interviews with Brazzer. Um Brazzer actually said the words four in a row and five in a row. Uh which I love. He's not shying away from it. He's putting it out there. Well, he can't lose now, can he? He's got three in a row. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It's, if it doesn't happen, he'll be like, ah fuck it, he got three in a row. He's alright. Yeah. Patrick of titles in the bag. He will go down as one of the greatest managers of all time in the history of Shamrock Rovers. Listen to that sentence. Listen to the sentence that just came out of my mouth. Well, you've teed me up nicely there because we always talk about the four in a row as, you know, you have to equal the four in a row. Like, the team has to equal it. But, Brazzer has already equaled the most consecutive leagues won by a manager ever. Because yep. Jim McLaughlin won three, then he left, Dermot Keady took over. So he's joint top so he's joint ever, ever. And if you look at the others, Paddy Code, three. Like no one else, three has no one else has more than three titles. Darren Glennon is dancing around Bangor Field now with the tattoo out, justified, totally, totally justified. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had Bradzer posing with the twenty jerseys for the media, and you know what, Bradzer, quite a coy person, a little bit insular, insular at times, can hold back, doesn't get too emotional. Media savvy now at this stage because he wasn't at first. Kind of made a couple of mistakes. Faux pas. Um, massive, massive smile on his face. Genuine big grin. you know what I mean? Laughing, having the crack. So, yeah. very, very happy. He said he was at the UCD Shells game on the Monday. And then people kept coming up to him saying, you know, you're, you're league champions. Then he said he went home. Uh, had a few shandies with the missus. He said that a few players did get together. I think it was a Sean Horror, Gary O'Neill or something. No, it was uh, Ferrugia. Watts and Gary O'Neill had a tea party. Why is it always like a click of four or five? Like, do you remember when Vardy? You think? Do you remember Vardy? when Pats nearly handed us the title against Dundalk? It was on a Monday night, and a few of the players actually came down to the pub near us. Are we allowed to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just the night they got. Might as well say it. That was the night the players got barred from the problem. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Just in case we won the league that season. I got a phone call. Yeah. Gar, who the fuck did you send down? <laughs> uh, why? What's going on? Oh, man. That's that's one for the yeah. live show. That's one for the live yeah. show. We can, we, can, we can talk about that. Um, Pigo was on LOA Central. I've not heard that yet myself. Um, the attempted shithousery by other Cubs fans, Gar. So I love it, though, because it's no effect on me whatsoever. That's what oh, I mean. Rovers bought the league. Oh, the referee gave it to you. Oh, isn't it great? Oh, no one cares. Rovers won the league. I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna tell you what I'm doing. I'm sitting there at home, absolutely, loving it. 
Just and to describe this, gar- similar to the the tonk, <laughs> except way more graphic. Uh, <laughs> no, but, my, but my point is put it this way if I was doing what I was doing there in a public place I'd be arrested and charged <laughs> some very poor efforts of shithousing like if was, if any of them were good I'd I'd genuinely say okay fair play that's good very poor efforts I see did you see Bozum did you see our old pal VHS guy see what he said I how did, much shithousery was it that um, Declan Devine makes the papers on the eve of the biggest game of the oh. season I'm thinking, man, that's come on, you're clutching there, like you're clutching. That's the thing though, they're all clutching. That's a massive clutch. That's that's fucking that's an air shot. We're giving the other clubs fans so little Throwing up bricks, that's what he's doing. Now. Yeah. We we give them so little. Um some kid I say some kid, if you click on his Twitter probably it looks about eleven. <laughs> He's like, no one cares about robbers winning the league. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. corrupt FEI officials and he wants us banned from Europe. Oh, I was like, oh, that again. Oh, was poor uh, Live at Oriel, old Jerry, having another meltdown. Cause of Have we got a voice now? Because of Derry's team stakes. No. No voice now this time. Uh, staff, please send us the voice now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Pico. Pico, uh, LOI Central Prof. He made another, the ever-listenable Pico Lopez, the Crumlin Commando Prof. I'm going to have to dust off the boots, jump in at centre-half, a back tree from the D12 Borough. Um, who else what have we got we've got Richie Tell Crumlin Dan Cleary Crumlin Pico Crumlin get Joey out of retirement how many Crumlin lads are in this team this is beautiful get Aaron McInniff back from Australia Aaron Mack yeah Crumlin uh, transplant you could say <laughs> scored his first goal there for Perth recently as well congratulations um, yeah so Pico great stuff on LOI Central and um, yeah he's, he's superb Barney, Big B. Wasn't long ago we were worrying about Dundalk equaling the four in a row record and potentially surpassing our league title hall and that popped into my head today. I was thinking back to the Dundalk game, the 3-2, that we pretty much surpassed them as a, you could say, a football and entity and I was thinking back to when I hated playing against them and never, ever once thought we'd beat them. You know that hoodoo they had, they were just a better team. I'll defend them there especially fucking terrible even towards even the start of Bradford it was always 2-0 as well yeah. the start of Bradford then the 1-0 came the last and we thought right we're up to, we're up to this now but um, I love how Barney just comes out with this now and then he just makes you he makes you sort of reflect on how far we've come he's got a beautiful mind hasn't he philosopher Barnwell philosopher Barnwell <laughs> what a show <laughs> he's got a beautiful mind uh, Pro the Rings then Sean Gannon is now officially the most decorated LOI footballer in history and he has more medals I forget the goat emoji. There's loads. Goat emoji. There's more medals than I think Pats have overall than, than they have. He's got like a combined list of seven or eight clubs. Mm-hmm. They all amount to eight. He's got nine league medals. Tommy Tommy points out that Derry have three league titles on the whole island now. One. They've won one Irish league and they've won two League of Ireland. That's as many as Bradzer has on his own. Yeah. You don't uh, want that smoke with Bradzer. Alan Manis has equaled Peter Eccles' record of five league titles for Roberts. And he's won ten on the Islands because he won five for Linfield. Ten league titles. So he's a winner. When you, and you know what, actually, considering... The, I had um, I was talking to you about this. Andy Lyons had a brief conversation with him. We were chatting. Just just a happy chat. No one of those Win. ones. 
It's got to do with the live show, right? Don't ring him every week and ask him what he's up to. you brought up talking to Lions the last good place. I've been talking to Andy Lions, Carl. I'd, and, uh, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be walking by Carl and, and I'd put my phone to me and I'd be like, Andy, uh, sorry, can't hear you. Just let me, let me get a better reception. Carl, stepping out. And, Andrew Lyons on the phone. Andrew Lyons, yeah. So, just about live show and things like that, but we're talking, he made a good point. He said that he wasn't, he think he was the only one without a league medal in the squad. Ooh. And then I thought to myself, yeah, that's very possible. And then Jack and Andy were the only two signings. And then straight away I said, are you one start. of very few players that has come into the Rover squad, won a medal and then got a transfer in the same season? So I was thinking... I did a response. I had an answer. You had it. You had Carl Shep. Carl Shep in 2011 to Derry. Or um, to, um, to Redding. Redding. Um, that's, that's the last one I can think of. Danny had a little bit more than one season, season and a half. There's a good few who left. Liam scales, po- like scales, scales. The season after, but it is. It's a, it's a good stuff. It's a, it's a good one mm. to have a think about. And of course, the ever knowledgeable uh, and quotable Jason Maloney. Only great clubs win three in a row twice. Imagine doing four in a row twice. So, yes. um, oh, jinx. Maloney the jinx. Giggsy opened the eighteen ninety nine suite at Sunday on Sunday at twelve. Okay, here is the petition. Get that suite open at twelve o'clock. Get the Rebs in. Get the Guinness on. Get the atmosphere going. Leave it open till 12 o'clock that night. I'll look after you. Want me to pull your points? I'll do that. I'll stay off the drink just to make sure everybody else has a good time. But if not... Bank holiday on the Monday. You couldn't have written it. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Dunster. Fuck it. Open at 9am. Raise curry for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Bathing in it. <laughs> Wallowing in raised curry. As sad as it sounds, I, I actually would eat raised curry. Eat. All, that, all that day. Just Ridiculous. Just come in, had the crack, watch the game, drink more again. Yeah. He's starting to, uh, like, my missus would be like, are we on the sweet? And I'd be like, what? Why, why, why do you want to go sweet, huh? She's like, I, 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 just, I, I like the atmosphere. It's like, you want raised curry, don't you? <laughs> you want raised curry? It's better than my curry. <laughs> uh, this is the, so the shining light of Bowes next season is to give Keith Buckley a three-year contract. The same Keith Buckley who fucked off to the seaside for an extra few quid Club to legend play here. for Bray. Club legend. Club legend who went to Bray for a year. He's been knocking around Asia and Australia, topping up his tan, fucking petting dolphins, doing whatever else he is and chasing monkeys all over Thailand. And he's welcome back with open arms and he's seen as the Messiah. The prodigal son has come back. He's going to boost and push them into glory. Would you get the fuck? Let's keep Buckley. I thought, the, I thought the weirdest part about it was they announced him as captain. Have you ever Who seen, announced him as captain, have though? You, have you ever seen a signing announced as captain was that for, a, for the was, next was season? Was that a, a stipulation, you know? If I come back, I've got to be skipper. Do you know what I mean? Like they, and the funny thing is, Declan Devine didn't apply for that job as well. What's going on at that club, man? <laughs> Some start to their full-time professional era, isn't it? Yeah, uh, they were held at home to Harps, needed a late equaliser, two all. Yep. Ethan Boyle again. Ethan Boyle just, with a brace. Just, just hates balls. With a brace, yeah. And um, we had a chant, you're going down with your houses. Um, Bowes fans chanted at a Harps fan, so Declan Devine's family member has a Micah house. Um, do you know when there's, there's I don't there's, there's certain lines you don't cross, That's I don't think that's, uh, it's not a good look, is it? Well, if if what, I heard that chant, that I'd be thinking, oh, whatever about your your own judgment or what what is crossing the line or not. I'm sure 
I'm sure people outside robbers will say, well, you sang about the Queen. But, like, why why harps? Yeah. Why? I think it's because of our robbers' affiliation. Well, but maybe. why go below the belt to Finn harps? Because like, yeah. it's, it's probably our affiliation with them. Not affiliation, but we get a good relationship with them. Do you know what I mean? And I think they were the only one to wish us congratulations. <laughs> I think they were. Well, yeah. Some junior clubs did. Our, our pals Cromwell and others, I think, did. It's all in the sitting room. <laughs> with the phone. Yeah. Rovers. Congratulations. Um, yeah, so Academy Prof. 19th lost. one nil the Bowls, unfortunately, in Tala. And our under-15s. The uh, Cup semi-final result, 4-2 away to Shelbourne. This is a super, super result. Dara Marshall banging in a brace. Along with Christian Donlon Gungalvez. Banging what, in a brace as well. What a name. These are some cool names, prof. Oh, by the way, I have a correction to you. You oh. said no one in the squad had won an email except Andy Lyons. What about Victor from Ukraine? Victor from Ukraine. He didn't have a league winner's medal. Yeah. Depends, though. Is he going to get a big money move? Um. So, 5K, prof. St. Clair Armstrong's first league start for QPR. Is that what it was? 5,000? Um, Spend I, that in an hour in the fucking suite. Um, someone... Message messages in if we're around with this, but that's the figure I was quoted. Surely, it's, few surely it's higher than that. Is it is a fifty k? It has to be fifty k. Foy was nuts. Like if they were, if put it this way, right? If I was the agent that were negotiating that, I'd look at it and I go, right. Even if he does, even if they thought it was totally unlikely that he was going to get a first team appearance, you'd look at it and you go, stick it down as fifty. Fuck it. Why not? Do you know what I mean? Put it down as fifty. See what happens. We'll put that down as a tie, but then 50k. Um, so that was his first league start for uh, QPR. He is a Brilliant performance. man child. He is a beast of a human. He just runs and dances through players. He's going to be a yeah. very, very good player. Saw him winning the panel. Yeah. Uh, did, you see, did you see his interview afterwards? It was amazing. It was refreshing, wasn't it? He was like a, he's like a big kid. I'm hoping... Big smile, loving life. Did you see how he suddenly switched back into footballer mode? No, I didn't see that bit. I just saw him being a big child and having the crack yeah. and I was like don't ever train him don't yeah. ever get trained kid yeah he was talking about like oh I didn't I didn't even know I was mad I didn't know I was there and mm. then he would just at the end he would just go but, but, but part of the he got the three points yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, train him with Les Ferdinand every day so that's not a bad he's, idol is it he's going to get better if he keeps doing that good old Les I remember remember we had him on we had him in Les. the a big handsome man Les has given us a sound boy yes Duffer hasn't no, don't want one. Well, Duffer's a good friend. Good friend of the pod. <laughs> you know, we don't put our real friends, our day ones on it. You know, we want to keep them parked up. Um, Prof, next up. Big one. Start 11s and predictions. Right, so Prof, I'm going for the jugular here. I'm going all out, bean busting. Europa Conference League claiming starting 11 here. So, Manus. The word priority has been relegated to the bins, Gary. Yeah, yeah. No we're we're not relevance. gonna play the, the <laughs> under eights from the Sunday Academy <laughs> anymore. Hor Pico Cleary, right? The backbone. We've got a good north sider in there to help out our south side uh defenders. Um I'm gonna go Finn. I want Finn to play. I think he should play it. He starts Finn in Europe yeah. every game. Finn in Europe, okay. No point in even talking. Andy Lyons to run a muck on the left. Because it's his last couple of games, I think he wants to go out with a bang. And uh, I'm going to put Gary O'Neill and Towel in here if Gary's fit. So, in saying that, I think if he is injured, I don't think they're going to pull him on. I think they would have risked him for this for the end if it was if it was worth it. 
So if Gary O'Neill doesn't play, it's going to be McCann and Tell in the middle. Uh, I'm going to go Jack, Bork and Gaff. It has to be, doesn't it? I'm going to go for this. I mean, there's a lot of money at stake. How much is a win again? Is 166,000 for a draw. It's over two um, anyway. Is it's it, mad is money. It Someone mentioned half a million or 300,000. So I think it's between 300,000 and half a million. Yeah. Mad money, right? Go for it. Go for the good juggler and just go hardcore. So that's what I'm going for. And Prof, I'm going to go for a... I think it's going to be an open game. They're going to want to win it. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Ooh. And I fancy... I fancy Gaff to finish off the season. And of course... Dan Cleary, the Crumlin commando, the birdie one from uh, from a corner, let's say. Boise, bicycle, as the Boise as the kids call it. Poor old Grace can't get into this team these days. Unfortunately not, but he's still a valued member of the squad, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going with the same team. Um, yeah, I'm bringing, I'm bringing Gary O'Neill back in for McCann, although he does like McCann in Europe. He does like McCann in Europe, bit of experience, you know. Bit of retention. Um, do you know what? Actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Gary O'Neill and McCann together. Even though Tell did play very well. Tell in back sub. Oh, Tell getting dropped. Yeah, probably harsh. Shifting um, half out of him. Prof was dropping him. Yeah. That's, how he, that's how you win leagues, Prof. You make ruthless decisions. <laughs> so, yeah, prediction. I think we're going to get this long-awaited goal, Gar. First of all, we just need a bleeding goal. Yeah. Whatever about draws or wins. Oh, we will 100% going to score. I'll put my mortgage on it. Yeah. I think we're going to score early-ish. First half. First maybe 25 minutes. And I think they will equalise. And it'll be one off. And one off in the process. So we'll get a goal and we'll get another point. And we'll go to Sweden hoping for more points. And we'll points. celebrate. Um, what's your prediction for Derry then? Uh, I'm going to go me and you in the middle of the park. Tommy Kelly and goal. Um... We have to we have to start a full stars. Doesn't matter who plays, prof. It's a celebration. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna say a nil all draw. Uh, just switch up a couple of things. Maybe uh, you're saying play Lions for his last two games. That makes sense. Um, Definitely play Lions. Yeah. in for for um, Finn. Swap swap line, or um, tell with McCann. Whoever doesn't play on the Thursday. Um, Ferrazoi definitely give Ferrazoi a game. Yeah, Ferrazoi. Let him run yeah. him up there. Put him in the jack roll, maybe. Maybe, maybe a couple of changes. Um, but listen, either way, celebration time. I think it's going to be the law for some reason. It's just popping into my head. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to get injured. They're all got holidays booked in the next week or so. I want to be going on fucking on a plane in a, in a crutch mm. or in a cast, you know? I definitely want to go and be in a home in the full season because we've very rarely done it. Um, obviously 2020 we're unbeaten home and away I think Leon again but the time before that was the 2006 first division and the time before that was the 1987 mm. league so we've very rarely gone unbeaten at home so I do want to do that well considering his track Leon record play? of starting Leon against Derry he might go for it again you know Oh, you went there <laughs> uh, Derry's last win at Tadagar can you remember oh uh, you did this to me before it's an easy one to remember because of who made his debut. Oh, it's just telling me, Prof. Lee Grace made his debut, 2017. Jesus, 2017? That's the last time, yeah. 2-0. That was Kenny, under Kenny Shields. Ah, Kenny Shields. He was a torn aside for a long time. 10 games unbeaten, remember? Yeah, and then after that game, I think we went like 8-9 games uh, unbeaten, we did, unbeaten yeah, we against them. Streak, yeah. 
Um, Shields is gone that stage, wasn't he? Um, yeah, Guard of Honor. We we spoke about it with Con and Garts there. Do you care? Um, no, I didn't get a chance to say to them, but as I was listening to them debate it, I was at the back of my mind. I was like, I don't care about this. Really, I don't give a rat's man. Trophy is ours. You can stick your Mickey out and wave it and do a helicopter if you want. No, but some people like. I've taken this very personally Guard of Honor It's a personal choice You do it or you don't Whatever I, I, I guarantee you Higgins will make them Do the Guard of Honor I think they, I think they will yeah. I think he will He's not that petty You know what I mean Just had his breakfast It's full of coleslaw <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna make them do a We're gonna do the Guard of Honor He's like Sir You've a um, yeah so Gerdavon it's going to happen and can we match Dundalk's four group stage points I think we can yeah definitely in the last two games but then we need one win at least um, going to your gardens in the last game um, if you look at where each team is um, at the moment uh, Ghent are fifth 14 points off the top in Belgium Molde are still 15 points clear in Norway have you noticed that Jurgarden's league form collapsed? They've won the last two, but they had lost three in a row before then. So now they're after falling six points off hacking. So remember we were sort of saying, oh, they'll, they'll prioritise that Sunday game mm. after us. Mm. But it could be too far behind there. Yeah, mine possibly, yeah. Um, yes, so Player of the Year, award news, Prof. It's a social event of the year. You've been saying that, yeah. It is. And it's coming on the November 11th. And you know is what's it going tifties. on. Is it tifties.com? It's tifties.com, yeah, believe it or not. Who's, not who's winning the Leon Poles? <sighs> the Leon Poles is very, very tight, Prof. I'm not going to lie to you. There's been a surge, 500 votes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you will be getting is you're going to get Con and Garth's, the dynamic duo of SRFC TV. You're going to get a live show with the squad. The two-star ceremony is coming up. You've got mm. all these players that have won our 20th league title. You have a full band from No Way Home. Then, you have DJ, than that. DJ Jordan Duty and Daddy Sax to finish off the night. Prof, we're staying over as well. No sad solos in the corner. No. Only, only happy sax. Happy sax. <laughs> this is the event of the year. Tifties.com. Get your tickets and party with the players. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so keep the crest. The crest has been officially updated with the two stars. It's uh, fabulous. Tifty's logo needs a lick it's of paint. Get, oh, now, we're getting it? a lick of paint. Is right, yeah. prop. We're getting it. We're getting it. Um, but that is the social event of the year, and the strip tease from Prof will be a private event, invitation mm-hmm. only. I hope people weren't eating there. You're, all you can wear is socks and not on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, from a WhatsApp group, Bradzer did all this on purpose so we can celebrate Sunday and not have to take the work off Monday, the day off work on Monday. He's just uh, an organisational genius. That's what he said to himself. He goes, I'm thinking about the fans. They're all going to be on the piss. Absolutely. But the Monday's going to be good, Prof. We have a running order here from Paul McGrath. Oh, this is fabulous. Only time I'll ever give him a bit of fucking kudos. (laughs) Paul McGrath, Sunday. Derry, Monday, Abba with the trophy. Tuesday, doing work. Wednesday, Stockholm. Thursday, Stockholm. Well, crucially as well, he has the beer logos on four of those five days, which got me thinking, this is going to be like a long... This is going to be a sesh rolling from Sunday to Sweden. 
I had to revamp my whole plans. I was like, I planned this two months ago where I was like, right, I'm going to work the bank holiday. I'm going to go on Tuesday. I'm off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for Sweden. So I'll do my drinking then. I'll be fine. I've had to rip up my plans, Gar. <laughs> because of this Sunday thing. I'm like, no, can't work the bank holiday. Now I'm going to take Tuesday off as well. And then I'm just thinking about it. I'm going to be drinking like for five days. And I'm losing, <laughs> once again, Rovers are bankrupting me, Gar. I'm thinking. Because I'm throwing away the bank holiday. And I'm like, right, just full on Rovers for six days. Now my schedule probably, you know, it's a little bit different. So I'm, you know, I think could possibly be out of action for the for the few days after that might not be able to go to work feeling a bit chesty mm-hmm. there's a specialist in Stockholm might end up having to book a flight to go over you know you know yourself how it is like some people go over to like Spain to for their dentist exactly there you go Turkey you know what I mean but um, that's it for this week Prof it has so, been an amazing amazing week and time following Shamrock Rovers um, Carnival Atmosphere Sunday Carnival Atmosphere Trophy presentation actually my first trophy presentation with fans in 11 years oh because I missed out last year if you remember the reason why my mum passed yes, away yes yes I remember so it'll be a special one for me I'll make sure um, you get an old lift at a trophy prof and I want to mention as well I know we always say to pick up user programme well, I mean it this time because <laughs> Bradzer has a three-page manager notes Whoa. special bumper and, hoop scene. And Garrett, it is a hell of a read. Will we shed tears? He, you'll shed tears, Will and we then you laugh. Then you'll be like, yeah. Will we cry? Because the first like third of it is all about young Josh and what he's been going through. So oh, it's wow. emotional. Then it goes into he's taking shots. At the noise outside. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's his thing, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of noise. That's got to be a t-shirt, man. And then he's talking about the sort of the group effort and what we've all <sighs> done to make this three in a row reality. It's, this is the time of your life as a football fan. It's a great read. It, it genuinely is. L- lads, soak it in. We don't want to be listening back to this in five years and saying you didn't enjoy it. Soak it fucking up. This is the time of your life to be a Hoop fan. I mean, we've won three in a row. 20th league title. This one where you remember all the lost ones, all the family that have passed away and everyone that you can think of, your uncles, your aunties, anyone who introduced you into Shamrock Rovers. Think of them, raise a glass, look around and embrace everything around you. Embrace your family, your loved ones, absolutely everyone, your colleagues, your friends, Soak it all up. Take a minute when you're in the pub on Sunday or you're looking around, the trophies on the table, the players are beside you. Just take that moment. I'm getting goosebumps here. Take the moment, just sit back and soak it up and just look around and say, this is it. This is what life is about. This is this is, this is is it. This is a fantastic moment. So that's what we want to kind of end it on. If Prof has anything to add to that, I, I think I'm done. I can't follow that. I'm done. It's done. I, actually, Joe. You know <laughs> we'll finish it off there we're going to leave it like that we'll see it in the south stand let's get that uh, first goal under our belts and hopefully a good bit of crack on Sunday prop so that is it for this season and uh, this year so thanks to all the listeners we'll hopefully see you November 11 for a massive party and uh, a nice live show so that's it and keep on hooping see you. <laughs> Well, in a Viking tavern and everywhere near 
Everybody loves Jubilee beer. I buy a round. Let's all toast. Belgian beer on the Flemish coast. Belgian beer boogie. Double, triple. Belgian beer boogie. Double, triple. Belgian beer at the Viking Tavern today. Some people love their Carmelite. And Lefe Blonde is oh so sweet. Belgian beer is the best I say. Drink Jubilee pills every day. It's the Belgian beer boogie. Double, triple. Belgian beer boogie. Double, triple. Belgian beer at the Viking Tavern today. Well, Belgian beer boogie. Belgian beer boogie. Belgian beer boogie. Belgian beer boogie. Belgian beer at the Viking Tavern today.